welcome to episode 25 of the Tiny Disc Podcast, a show about games and life. I'm Robert Scarpinito, and I'm joined here by the beautiful Jack Cepeda. You're a handsome man and gentleman. Happy quarter-life crisis to you both, and hello to everyone out there in the interwebs. Bong, bong. And the incredible Colin Sparling. Hello, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving, and uh, happy Tiny Disc-giving. Yes. Or something like that. Something clever like that. Yes, oh, so um, indeed. Uh, no, so mm. we're publishing this episode <laughs> on Thanksgiving, so we'd like to wish you, all our American viewers, all our American listeners, a happy, super wonderful, super full of food Thanksgiving. It's now, you're now legally allowed to play Christmas music out in public, so take full True. advantage of that. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, do, I would just like to apologize in advance to all the people that work retail out there during this time of year. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I don't. Sorry, Robert. <laughs> eh, I'm Ooh. not working, so hey, I'm fine. Ooh, oh, nice. Um, yeah. So, a couple things here off the top. We are going to do a spoiler cast at the end here uh, for the anime movie by Makoto Shinkai called Your Name. It was recently released on Blu-ray, which is why we're kind of bringing it up now, but it was released back in 2016. And uh, something else I'd kind of like to drop right here, just kind of a hint about what's going to be happening in the next month, is uh, around Christmas time, New Year's time, we're going to be doing something called a 10 Days of Tiny Disc, where we kind of go over what we, like, it's basically going to be a year in review for 2017. And we'll probably drop you guys more details in the upcoming episodes, but stay tuned for that. It's going to be pretty freaking cool, I think. Yeah, just know that we have something special planned in the works. We've been working on it for a while now, and it's going to take place over over the weeks that generally are considered the holiday break in America. So uh, you look forward to that, I guess. Yeah. Or as Square Enix would say, please look forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah, please look forward to it. And uh, <laughs> when we say the release date, we're actually going to push it back again after we already have this big event for the release date. <laughs> we're you know, not yeah, pushing shit back. It's <laughs> happening <laughs> whether or not it's terrible nah. or whatever. It's, nah, it's we're coming. Gonna, yeah. But we're going to give you the gift of the tiny disc. Yeah, this isn't Christmas. this isn't no soon TM. This is yeah. this will happen it's before happening. 2017. Yeah, there have been calendar dates sent out. It's basically we're married to it. So <laughs> yep. I got the ring on my finger already. Yep. So Colin. During one of our pre-production meetings, you asked us a very good question that I think should be shared. Before before we bring this up real quick, let's just go around the table. Me first, then Robert. Okay. Let's just let's just talk about our favorite fruit. Oh, all right. Okay, sure. Let's just let's just talk about it. You go first, Robert. Actually, I said me first, but you first. All right, fine. Yeah, it's the mango. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Are you serious? Hundred percent. Really? That see the Why? mango. Why the mango, first yeah. of all? Why the mango? It's so delicious. Yeah. And it's got just the right amount of sweetness and sometimes like tart sweetness. Okay. It's okay. just a great fruit. See, I, I am very appreciative of the mango. Only problem is I tend to think it's it's like a weird texture. It's like greasy almost. Greasy? No. <laughs> yeah. I would not describe mango. I don't know. Like, like, I don't know where you get your mangoes, I, bro. No, I think what the problem I've only had like fresh mango a handful of times. And mm. I think I got like, I cut it at like the wrong ripeness or something. I did I did something yeah. wrong. Yeah, you gotta when a ripe mango is quite delicious. I have to say. So I w- I'm glad to hear you said that, Robert. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, you know, we're just kind of doing this off the cuff here, but that was what I was gonna say. Mangoes oh. are my favorite fruit oh. as well, and I just so happen to be drinking mango beer by Blue Moon, uh. which I'm trying for the first time. I don't know if it's a seasonal or regional thing, but mango wheat. And it's quite delicious. It's, a, it's excellent. So I need to find that. I need to pick one up. Yeah, that that sounds so, delicious. Do you still so put the problem? Or- what? Yeah. 
I was going to ask, do you still put an orange in it? I don't. I don't need it. Okay. It's got the mango in it. Mango's far right. superior. So, anyways, I uh, uh, suffer the unfor- the misfortune of being allergic to mangoes as well, too. Oh. So, oh. it really sucks. Like, I get a weird rash if this juice touches my skin or I just, like, break out. It's really bad. And then my throat kind of gets itchy and all that. But I'm like, it's so good. I'm still going to eat some in moderation but you know, like if i ate mangoes for like a straight half hour i, I might have to go to the hospital so yikes i'm wow. so sorry yeah. but but i you know I, I enjoy a good mango every now and again so right to kind of dovetail off what you were saying uh robert that we did uh uncover a, a unfortunate truth shall we say <laughs> Yeah, Colin. And, and as soon as Colin brought this up, we just told him to shut up immediately. We're going to talk about the show. So I've been looking forward to this conversation for the greater part of forty-eight hours. So, Col- so Colin, what's what? What's go ahead and tell us your favorite fruit, and and then tell us about kiwi if it's not your favorite fruit. Well, oh man, I my favorite fruit. Oh man, I I'm just going to go with something easy because I think I think it would have to say strawberries because I love mm. I love strawberries. I love everything that's flavored strawberry. Like usually, like candy that's strawberry flavored is usually the best of its kind. Like Starburst, best kind of strawberry. Come on, guys. Fair enough, right? dude. Like I was okay. I'm gonna bring out the hood a little bit here. I'm gonna invoke the hood and just let you know that when I first found out that Popeyes fried chicken offers strawberry Fanta, I like basically pooped my pants a little bit because it was, was such a cool <laughs> idea. Strawberry Fanta is the best. It's so ghetto. It's so bad for you, but it's so delicious. So like, like it's like Red Fago. Absolutely. Oh, mm, mm. Yeah. Can I take off oh. my hood now? Yeah. Oh, I oh, see. Oh, oh, yeah. ah, I see. Uh, visual to go. So yeah, there was yeah, a hood like, up. Now the hood yeah, down. I was okay. like, I saw I it. it. I was like, Robert never wears a hood. What <laughs> yeah, is happening? Threw me off a little bit, but it's okay. So go ahead, Colin. So, okay. So I was basically looking for, I guess, not so much judgment, but I, I asked the question because somehow kiwis got brought up. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I asked the question, is it weird that I eat the skin of a kiwi? <laughs> no, no. No. <laughs> I would like to correct the record. Oh. <laughs> Colin asked, I eat, well, he, like, he, he went on to say that I eat the flesh of the kiwi. Is that weird? And then and I was then, like, wait, what? And then there was like a couple <laughs> seconds of probably me and Jack being like, it's weird you're asking that question. And then Colin's like, oh, wait, no, I meant the skin. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. At that moment, I was like, what? <laughs> Who does this? Yeah. I, I thought he was totally messing with us man like so are you wait. serious I, so okay then I, we stopped there and now i've been wondering like what <laughs> so wait why i don't understand why it's weird that i eat the skin of a kiwi i don't get like <laughs> i don't understand how that's weird because how did you start doing that you just picked it up and grabbed it and just went oh, like an apple uh, dude, or some shit? i don't know listen my mom is like right upstairs you can ask her because I just she ever since I first ate a kiwi, she just left the skin on it and she chop it up and leave the skin on it. <laughs> and and you just, wait, uh-huh. in, in slices in like quarters, in slices, like, yeah, in slices with the skin on. Holy shit! Do you? Wait, I don't. Can I? I don't understand. It doesn't taste bad. Can I, I don't ask understand bro, a slew of questions? I guess Do I don't scared? understand what the outrage is. Do you eat the skin yeah. of an orange? That's no. what I was thinking. Like, oh, clearly not. That's Do not. You eat- that's not. That's not the same. Banana. No, that's there not is, the same. There is a movement online of people biting bananas, like with the skin on it, like they bite it but, like an apple. Okay, yeah, like, but you eat the yeah, you eat the skin <laughs> of an thing. you eat the skin of an apple, you eat the skin of a pear. Sure, okay, but well, it, we also, okay. Well, here's the thing. I like. Go ahead. I just wanted to say, have you ever heard a human being bite through the skin of a banana? 
It is the most terrifying crunch sound effect oh. I've ever heard. <laughs> I can only imagine. Oh, no, I have a banana right here. So so I'm saying I, I eat the skin of fruit that is delicious, but when the skin is not delicious and is unpleasant, I don't eat it. That's like my basic rule, right? So it's but, kind okay. of a gross skin, dude. So have you guys ever actually taken a bite out of like You're the skin of You're not supposed to eat the skin of kiwi. <laughs> Well, why? What, what's 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 the stigma against it? I don't understand. It's gross, dude. It's like a furry ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't eat that. Like I'm telling you, I'm sorry. Okay, you're. It's it's not a, a natural thing. <laughs> I'm not telling okay, you not to do but, it anymore. If you then, want to, do it, but it's just so logic, weird. By that logic, you could argue a peach is like that. Yeah, kind no, of. No, no, peaches are. Yeah, totally it is. Fine it's fuzzy. Eat. It's fuzzy. Pretty fuzzy. <laughs> By that logic. <laughs> I don't eat the skin of a peach. I do. but And a lot of people you don't do. Eat this, you don't eat peach skin? No, I, I don't. peach skin. Oh, you're supposed I to eat, eat that. Yeah, and uh, actually, I usually go for like nectarines because they're like the anti, like the anti-fuzz version of a peach. But, but, so let me tell you this, Colin. So you really think, I mean, obviously you're used to it and you do it and you'll continue to do it, but you really think <laughs> right. it's like a normal thing? Like your friends haven't come to you and be like, what are you doing, Colin? Because I've had some people that say, oh, I mean, it's fine. I don't really go out of my way to do that, but it, like, I understand or whatever. It's no big deal. And I've had other people so like, that's fu-. like, some people have looked at me and I'd be like, that's fucking disgusting. Wait, so when, like, <laughs> wait, when you, if you ever host a dinner party and you're like, like giving out hors d'oeuvres and you're like, I'll slice up some kiwi for hors d'oeuvres, would you leave the skin on for other human beings to consume and put in their I mouth bet holes? I would. Fucking well, monster. If, if, well, I, that's just how I've been raised. That was left, the, the skin was left on, but now that I know that it's not a normal thing for people to ha- eat, eat kiwi with the skin on, I guess was, I will. It seemed to me like kind of tough to chew. It's not though. You got like I. That's mm. what I'm saying. Like I don't think you guys have ever eaten it because it's really not as bad as you think. I, I can't do it. Like they sell these snack packs with kiwi, and they come with this weird utensil. They're kind of handy in this case. So it's just like a half spoon, half knife. Like one side's a knife to cut the kiwi in half. And then you have two kiwi halves, and then you take the spoon half, and you like scoop out the good kiwi stuff. Mm. And I think the middle part of a kiwi is very delicious. It is probably, probably my favorite part of the kiwi. It's probably Absolutely. most flavorful. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I oh, it's just it's it's uh, the texture is not as bad as it seems. And if you let it like ripen a little bit, it gets like gets a little soft, and so it's not as hard to eat. And it's 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 like the the skin isn't even. It almost reminds me of the skin of an apple. It's just a little bit more tart. Wouldn't it? My argument is, wouldn't it be better if you didn't eat it? <laughs> <laughs> mean like oh this is just all good instead of mostly good i mean some really that's where all the, i mean to be fair that's where all the fiber is oh. in the fruit like that's where a lot of the nutrients is in a fruit is usually the skin believe it or not mm. i i'm sitting next to two, or not sitting but i'm talking next to two strange people because robert you don't eat the skin of a peach what's up with that no i just I, I mean for one i don't eat that many peaches in the first place so same there is that but i've never thought like oh i'll eat the skin too it's fuzzy that sounds delicious but, on my tongue but you you uh but you skin the peach and then eat it yeah really fascinating this is <laughs> eye opening segment guys all right Man. i don't know i'm trying to think of any like weird things i eat yeah I that's know. what i was gonna say jack do you eat any fruits weird oh, okay i'll tell you something weird that i do maybe it's not weird but my argument is that the most delicious part of a pop tart is the crust fight me Untoasted too. Mm. I can see your uh, argument. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of the whole pop tart is the crusty corners. But have I, you just it depends had... what it depends on what kind. 
Yeah. Uh, just, it's just a plain crust, dude. If they sold me just the, like a box full of just Pop-Tart crust, I would love it. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Like, but are we talking like strawberry Pop-Tarts with the regular vanilla E-Crust? Or are we talking like fudge Pop-Tarts with like the chocolatey crust? Oh, I, I, I want See, just the, the white crust. The white crust. See, it's not. It's one of those things where like I can eat it, but I definitely don't want to eat like a whole thing of that. I like, would. I need, I a, I need a good balance between the cream and the and the crust or whatever. No, for me with a pop tart, I'd never get enough crust, and that's the part I look forward to. And like the middle part is just like, <laughs> like a necessary evil. So <laughs> when I'm enjoying pop tarts. What? That's so kind of like, like reverse, I guess bro. I might as well eat this part because I'm just trying to get to more crust. What the? F- I don't know. And, so, and it's also like I'm also all for like toasted pop tarts. I don't really like to eat untoasted Pop-Tarts unless I have to. I'm 95% untoasted on the Pop-Tart. Yeah, untoasted aren't so bad, but my question, Jack, is like, do you enjoy the taste of cardboard? Like, when you when you get a package from right. Amazon, is the delicious, is like the best part, the, the packaging, not really whatever's inside? What it, I don't know what it is, man. I like pastry. I just like breads. Wait, wait. Are you one of those people that gets like the unfrosted Strawberry pop tarts. Oh, I could totally do that. I could totally oh, do that. And the gross. unfrosted and the unfrosted uh, cinnamon too. I could totally rock those. Well, the unfrosted cinnamon is like they're not really fro- well, unless you mean brown sugar and cinnamon. Yeah, I guess. Oh, okay. Because well, I mean, because there's also cinnamon roll, which is they're brown, like cinnamon roll doesn't uh, really even have a frost on it. Were you, oh, these were are you guys I, deep cuts for the pop tarts lore. I, I'm having some like flashbacks too, like that I don't really want to have. Did you guys ever have the misfortune of? being force-fed the generic Pop-Tarts as a youngster because nope. my family was too poor to afford the Pop-Tarts. Nope. We had generic Pop-Tarts, and it was so, so sad. They were always blueberry-flavored and disgusting and cherry-flavored. Like, get that shit Yikes. out of here. All Gross. right, but let's yeah, yeah that, let's, let's move ahead from the food talk. And happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's our food talk. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kiwi please, at the Thanksgiving table. Please don't replace Ugh. your turkey with Pop-Tarts. The crust of Pop-Tarts specifically. That's just bad. So. The flesh of a kiwi. <laughs> Yeah. Hi, can the I flesh have a turkey we- wrapped with the flesh of a kiwi, please? <laughs> it's a delicacy yeah. in some countries. I don't think okay. that's true. So let's talk about video games. So I'll kick things off here. I, uh, you know, we're getting to the end of 2017 and I figured, you know what? We're in a lull, kind of, and might as well start digging through that long backlog that 2017 has given me. So mm. I've finally popped the game Neo into my PS4 and I've gotten some time to play that. And wow, that game is really good. It's like way better than I thought it would be. I'm going to be honest. It's like shot up in my rankings of consideration for like maybe not necessarily game of the year, but like, wow, mm. it's a great, great game of this year. Yeah, Who? Samurai Souls. Oh, Who absolutely. developed that? Yeah, that's Team Ninja. The same guys behind, like, Ninja Gaiden. Same guys behind Dead or Alive. So, Whoa. pretty good pretty good developer. So, that game came out, like, way back in February, if I remember right. And, yep. yeah, like, <clears throat> I remember it coming out on February 7th, and I was like, man, that looks cool and all, but, like, the Switch is going to drop in a month, so, like, maybe... Yeah, it was a weird time for it to come out because, well, not only that, Neo came out then and then Horizon as well, right? The same month? Yeah, Horizon came out like the very last day or the second to last day of um, February. So it was just, it was a tight like moment. And I also knew like there were a lot of things on the horizon for me at that point. Uh, So I kind of held off on Neo. I picked it up halfway through the year on a good sale and um, 
only just now started playing it, actually. Uh, so, yeah, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's... People have likened it to, like, samurai Dark Souls, Japanese, like, feudal Japanese-style Dark Souls. And it's kind of that, but also Ninja Gaiden-y. It's, it's weirdly, like, character action-driven in a way. Where, you know, with Dark Souls, it's like you have your light and heavy attacks, but you don't really learn, like, combos. There are no, like, you know, like, juggling or anything like that. Not that Neo necessarily has juggling, but... There are a lot of moves in there where it feels a lot like playing Bayonetta or something, where it's like if you put in certain inputs, you do very drastically different moves rather than just your light attack and your heavy attack. Oh, uh, yeah. I think I remember seeing something like there's different stances and each stance is a different moveset depending on what weapons you have. Absolutely. Things like that, right? Yeah. So that's the, cool, right. that's the coolest thing to me, right? So you have your low, your mid, and your high stance. And basically, mm-hmm. low stance, you can evade for days and your attacks are very short. So it's it's very like you're able to move in and out very quickly, um, but obviously you do way less damage. Whereas your high stance, you're going to move a little slower. You can't really dodge as well, and your swings take way too much wind up. But the damage payoff is massive, and they do this thing where at the end of every move, there's like a, a short moment where if you hit the stance change button, like right at that at that moment you regain some of your stamina and like you can get abilities where if you change your stance at that moment you start doing more and more damage so there's a way to like kind of chain things up and there's like a rhythm that feels a lot like a fighting game or a lot like a character action game that i really didn't expect and it's making this experience so freaking cool yeah it's like that's the cool thing because i i played a little bit of it probably only about an hour or no i'm sorry it was the demo yeah so it was a couple hours um but yeah that's the impression that i got from it it basically takes dark souls combat and adds a lot more or a lot of different dynamics to it Mm -hmm. basically gives it more depth like it i mean dark souls is dark souls and you know we we had that you know we hold that game in high regard but neo just builds on it in a way that no one ever expected and it, it kind of takes it above and beyond just a dark souls clone in that way yeah i agree like I, I went into this expecting, like, oh, it's going to be another Dark Souls game. And, yeah, it has the same mechanics of, like, you know, you look for the shrine, a.k.a. the bonfire, and then you pray at it, and then you can, like, pick up where you left off there. And if you die, you go back to the last bonfire you prayed at. Um, and every time you pray, like, uh, all the enemies respawn. So it's very Dark Souls in that way where you're kind of collecting Amrita, which is souls in this game, to level up your character, level up your stats just become stronger um and then they have an rpg style system where like you gain more skill points and you put them in like to your skills to learn different combos and different abilities so now instead of just like swinging my sword four times i can swing my sword like four times and then do a roundhouse kick that does a lot of damage to the enemy's stamina and then i can break their guard and then do even more massive damage how's the music in the game how's the atmosphere and how's the graphics uh, the music is, I haven't gotten far enough to really say like the music's made a big impact on me, but it's it's fitting. I haven't heard any track that was kind of like, ugh, yet. Um, the graphics, I mean, I'm playing on a PS4, so definitely wouldn't, it doesn't look as good as it would on a uh, PC, but it is the first game I played on a console where I've got to experience the whole like choose between better resolution and lower frame rate or higher frame rate, lower resolution. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I can actually hit 60 FPS with this PS4, not a PS4 Pro, is pretty neat. I do notice okay. some frame dips, but, you know, what do you expect, right, on a 
PS4, right? So the frame dips, though, you wouldn't say they've like hindered you in combat, have they? No, it's usually like between big areas because there aren't really like loading screens. You know, it's not like you hit A on a door and then you load to the next area. It's usually just one continuous world. So usually you notice lo- like frame rate dips when you're switching to another big room or something like that. Okay, yeah. I, I'm very interested in this game. So I know the, what's it called, the complete edition. Yeah, that's on Steam on, right now. And Steam, it just got released a couple weeks ago, For and 50. it, and yeah, and it's going to have all the DLC that's been released since uh, earlier this year, and it's supposed to look the best and be basically uh, objectively the best version of the game to get if you can. So it's something I'm looking forward to. It's not necessarily going on sailing time soon yet, but. I uh, am very hyped for that. I mean, something about the aesthetic. I know that I'm famously a hater of Dark Souls uh, games on this podcast, but something about the uh, Eastern aesthetic and just the whole package put together is like getting my interest in this. And you tell me it comes from Team Ninja. Uh, You know, they've kind of struck out recently. They haven't really had a great game since uh, Ninja Gaiden Black, Ninja Gaiden Sigma, uh, in my opinion. So I would hope that this is more of that and less Ninja Gaiden 2 than Ninja Gaiden 3. Yeah, this definitely, again, gives me vibes of, like, the experience I had with uh, Ninja Gaiden back in the day. Dude, uh, but definitely... on Dead or Alive, okay. But definitely really hard. Like, Jack, don't walk into this thinking, yeah, I get to do long combos. Like, this game is hard. I'm a Dark Souls veteran, and it's, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, I would almost argue it's harder than Dark Souls. A little bit. Well, what makes, <clears throat> what makes it hard? Is it just because the enemies, like, one hit, like, takes over 50% of your health? Or? Some of them do it first, but the, the thing is, it's hard to, like, having all the stances, it's very cool, but that's also way more to micromanage. Like, with Dark Souls, all I had to think in my head is essentially, like, okay, if I hit R1, I do my light attack, and it takes, like, around this long to wind up, so I need to learn my enemy's pattern, and then know when to, like, go in, right? Whereas with Neo, it's like, okay, I know my my square attack on my low stance takes this long, but then I want to switch it to the mid stance at some point to start doing more damage, so I need to figure out how long that swing takes, and then maybe if I switch it to high stance, I need to learn how long that swing takes. So there's a lot more to learn with each weapon type, and sure, there are only, I think, five weapon types, so that's what 15 different like met modes to learn i guess but and different moods in each mode right but you're you're also constantly switching between these modes like it's not necessarily the most efficient to stay in one form it's it's similar to a fighting game where maybe you want to hit low stance first so you can get in and start hit stunning them with really quick moves and then switch to a high stance at the end of your combo to deal massive damage at the end and then switch back to low stance you can get the hell out before they swing back at you it's something like that yeah i'll definitely i'm definitely interested in checking out further i'll just maybe watch some gameplay some let's plays and see like maybe some beginner tips see if it's really for me i'm just I just don't think I could pull the trigger at $50, but it certainly is on my Steam wish list. And when it goes on sale, you know, maybe half off or something like that, I probably would definitely jump on it. It seems like a highly lauded game. Seems like a game that's important to talk about come game of the year time. Um, are there any other, I know we're approaching the long weekend here. Are there any other games that you like feel like, oh man, I need to play this uh, in time for, you know, the 10 days of tiny disc game of the year time and all that stuff. Absolutely. There are so many games I still need to play. <laughs> what, are, what are some I, big ones you're playing so on hitting this weekend? This weekend? Um, I guess it depends on what I bite the bullet on for the Steam sale, right? Like, I'm thinking about Assassin's Creed Origin because that actually looks pretty solid. I, I see you shaking your head no, but... No, I hate that game. Okay, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I played I, it. Yeah? 
yeah, I played it. I haven't brought it up too much in this podcast. I'm not going to talk about it very much here, but I, the first like hour is so boring. I've like, heard after that. That's though. what it's, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard after that. It just like everyone so says it's like one of the most boring beginnings in video like in video games as of late, and then it just suddenly picks up out of nowhere. Yeah, um, uh, I'm thinking about picking up Prey or Resident Evil Seven, maybe because remember Resident Evil Seven came out this year. I forgot that until like I saw it on Steam today, and it was like released January 2017, and I was like, Ooh. oh. <laughs> I bet I bet that's on sale too. I'll yeah, it is. It uh, Thirty bucks right now on Steam. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, uh, and one last thing I want to say about Neo: main character looks so much like Geralt, <laughs> like he is literally Geralt. Yes, that does bother me a little bit. He's yeah, like he is ninja literally Geralt. A, like Japan or Japanese Asian Geralt. Or yeah, it's yeah. it's striking to me. The old white dude with long gray hair and and a gray beard is the new Nathan Drake, right? Like uh, the characters <laughs> all used to look like Nathan Drake. Now they all look like Geralt. It's bad. Come on, guys. Let's, it's great. Let's get creative. No, just here. look up uh, the collage of all the uh, shaved head protagonists. Like uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, that was not Master too. Chief, but uh, yep. on what uh, Nico from. Grand Theft Auto 4, uh, uh, yeah, the Gears Shepherd, of War guy, Shepard from Mass yeah. Effect. Shepherd. Oh. Why can't so, I remember the Gears of War dude? Marcus. Marcus Phoenix. Phoenix. He was, Phoenix. Yeah, he yeah, didn't yeah. have a shaved head. He was bald. No, he wasn't under his under his beanie. Was or under his cap? He wasn't well, bald. Really? In the in the third one, he had hair. I don't know. I don't know. I, I never played Gears of War. Right. He started but, bald. Colin, you've been playing something very fun this week this week haven't you? yeah you want to talk about games that have <clears throat> come out this year that have really made an impression like so i finally jumped into the the PUBG game and it's been a long time coming welcome to Pub- the pc PUBG. world wait yeah wait so, i thought i thought your pc was broken how did you play player unknown's battleground a pc exclusive game as I'm of right now getting there so it's it's been a journey <laughs> It's been a journey to say the least. I, I back in March purchased components for a new PC build after getting my tax return. And Robert was there actually when I pressed the buy button uh, on that Amazon order with all my stuff. Well, what happened was I ended up getting all my components, put all the stuff together and had a DOA motherboard. Yeah. So that was great. But it's like it's one of those things that it, it's so common to a lot of people that build PCs that it's usually no big deal. You send your stuff back you send your stuff your motherboard to your manufacturer they fix it they send it back all as well it's a big um, headache and i can understand why people just go console with shit like that happening it sucks but right. like you know you skip ahead what nine months like this is like yeah your, your so, character arc here like you were talking about this pc motherboard yeah since we started this podcast and it finally happened so congrats man yeah yeah this pc basically turned into a fantastical beast that sounded like it was never going to get done until one day it was just magically done because that motherboard that i originally sent out the post office uh, refused to tell me that I had improper postage on my package until after holding it for two months. So nice. when I got it back, I couldn't send it back anymore. So I had to wait until I had the money to buy a new one. And Colin, this is your uh, this is your Szechuan sauce, man. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, why it finally so, happened. I have a question for you, Colin. Did you put blue LEDs or red LEDs in your computer? Actually, you're probably going to hate me for this. I have a mixture of blue and red. Oh, oh that's so, weird. But then that means it runs cooler and faster. So, right, exactly. You know, it's so it's red, I have red and blue, PC. actually, and I have white, too, because my graphics card <laughs> outputs white. It is it is America's PC, dude. It is an American oh, PC. Oh, dude, it's so red, white, and blue. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> Absolutely. so... Every time I turn it on, you hear, like, the sound of a bald eagle. <laughs> Like just <laughs> cawing, and it's just yeah, and like now cool. engaging all systems. I like, want a PC that does that now. That's pretty funny. No. 
Um, but no, it's 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 been great finally being back in the uh, the PC gaming realm because I felt so left out when uh, the the two guys over here have nights full of Overwatch and PUBG among other things. Mm. And uh, but yeah, jumping into PUBG, man, uh, being a PUBG noob sucks. Oh, it does. It's the worst. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so hard. It sucks. Um, but man, I love the just the general concept of the game. Um, just you know, you're riding an airplane and with you and a whole bunch of other players and sometimes your friends you land somewhere you scramble to get weapons and basically you have a circle that's closing in on you and you're trying to get there and kill everybody else along the way and try out try to come out on top without dying um so that i mean that in and of itself like the idea of like just jumping into an open world and the sense of adventure you kind of have from that like you you know it's all based around a lot of it's luck right running a game like that but it's like I, I love jumping in, especially with your friends, and it's like, you know, you got to form your own strategy. You got to, tr- basically, it's you literally against the world. And uh, Player Known created just a hell of an idea and something very original that I think is going to stick around for a really long time. Absolutely. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, you guys have been kind of backing me up and getting me into the game. But <laughs> yeah, have you, it's, it's have you played ride. any solo games yet? Plenty of them, yeah. Um, okay, so, How, how's that experience compared to like actually playing with people, like on a team? So, I, I, so I like playing solo. Actually, kind of fending for myself because I have to rely on my own intuition uh, as to like where to go and when to do what. Um, and so it's like a different dynamic than playing on a team. Uh, but, and I have come out on top ten like a couple times. Congrats. Like surprisingly enough, nice. Not but easy. I've gotten I I've played I think twenty five thirty rounds and I've only gotten one kill because <laughs> my strategy my strategy turtle strategy yeah the the turtle strategy so I basically just try to confront nearly or the least amount of people I possibly can find a vehicle and just ride around until the circle closes in and wait it out behind a tree somewhere yeah that's about right <laughs> yeah so that's that's basically been my strategy and every time I've gotten in a firefight some, the other guy somehow kills me faster even though I've shot him five times so. It's pretty much the same problem I have when I play Call of Duty, but I digress. I would um, argue that PUBG is currently the greatest gameplay loop there is possible to have. It might it's, be. It's definitely it's definitely up there. Like it's been a long time since a multiplayer game has really like caught me, like got me engaged like this. I I haven't really I don't think there's really ever been a multiplayer game that's made me just like want to sit down daily and just get my rounds in seriously and i knew you, yeah. you guys were going to like it and i had to coerce uh famously coerce uh robert into playing the game with me uh, earlier this year he didn't want to play it and now he's got more hours than me on it so I, yeah. i'd like to see that uh when i talk <laughs> about gameplay loop like the last time i can remember a gameplay loop that was this kind of like quote-unquote famous was uh the original halo on xbox like that 30 seconds of fun that they would talk about where you're like, you know, you reload, you shoot, you throw your grenade, you throw your stick, your grenade, you jump into a warthog, you run over some people, etc., and then just repeat that over and over again for the whole game. And there you have it. You, know, you have a hit. And with this game, it's like, okay, you are in the waiting area and then you're uh, skydiving. You're choosing where you're going to go. You land, you punch people in the head, you grab a gun as fast as you can, kill somebody, then you run and, you know, go from city to city. It's like, it's so simple, but it, the premise is so simple, but there's like an, a layer of complexity there. I think that people, you know, are surprised by and are still learning like to this day, like, you know, we've been playing between the three of us, hundreds of hours probably combined and we're still learning new things and seeing new things. I still haven't seen that entire Island. Same. And in, in the 50, 60 hours I played, I think what makes the game so clever or so addictive, right? Is that 
it has the perfect balance between kind of boring, quiet tension and immediate, you know, high action packed moments. Because, you know, there are a lot right. of times, like, even when you start the match, like, you decide to land in school, right? And you're starting off like, shit, I need to find a gun right now. I need to kill everyone around me and I need to loot everything. And, you know, it's just like, that's a very tense moment. But then if you make it out alive, then it's like, well, what's next? Where do I go next to loot? Right. right. And th- those Where's are usually, the circle? How far is it away? Right. And those are usually like fairly quiet moments, you know, like occasionally, sure, you'll run into people. But for the most part, it's the idea of like, I'm getting me to safety. That's all that matters. And yeah. those times give you time to process like that action that just happened, you know, and it's it's just a great like roller coaster, I guess. Right. Of, you know, like those yeah. moments where you're going crazy and then you got time to yeah. build up to the next one. Yeah. It's almost like a it's almost like the same integrity of a modular D and D campaign. Right. So, you know what I mean? So it's like you jump in, you, you know, you have all these crazy stories and adventures you go on with your friends, but it all, but it's all within like a 40 minute time span. And I think that's what, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. it, it almost has that sense of adventure and um, you know, a, a clear goal of course, but it's like the sense of adventure is what really what drives me into playing the game because you never know what's going to happen. And you're just kind of jumping into the unknown. And even if it matches ends quick, you just jump out, you jump into another one and then you're back at it. Yeah. Lord, you trust the different. There are enough people playing that your wait times and queue are not that long. <laughs> Yeah, right, and then you're waiting in queue, and everyone wants to tell you they want to fuck their mother, or someone's screaming at you in a foreign language. It's great. Oh. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, <laughs> so uh, wait till you even start getting into zeroing in your or, or changing your zero distance for your bullets and adjusting for bullet drop. Like, wait till you start going into the map. You see where somebody is, and you start counting the grid lines to how far away they are to zero in your weapons and go that deep because people are already there. Like pro level, do that. Oh yeah, On there, the fly. there's already crazy. the. the there's already the 360 no scope type guys in the game for sure. Yeah, cheating yeah. is an issue in that game too, which they need to fix and they need to address, and they are prioritizing that. But as far as far as what I understand in the in the late game stuff, which I'm nowhere near good enough to get into the the higher tiered matches, but I hear that there's real bad like Chinese uh, gold farming or whatever the equivalent is of that on the black market. It's real bad. Yikes! Wow. And I, I think um, kind of like in conclusion here about the game, I think there's pretty much like something for everyone in this game in a way you know what i mean because like even if you don't necessarily get the you know the chicken dinner or whatever you're still having a good time while doing it you know what i mean you you know some people get you know really pissed off and there's still a lot of rage quitting type stuff going on here there's stuff that'll make you rage quit and and that part of that is that it's such an early access game but i'm just it's just a good time and that's that's what I like so much about it. Absolutely. Yeah. The the real quick funny story is I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, but Robert and I, the very first game we played as a duo, we won the chicken dinner. And and Robert, have you won since then? No. That's the one and only the very first game of PUBG you ever played. You're the last man standing, chicken dinner, and it, you're that's chasing so after crazy. that. I know, isn't it? What are the odds, right? right? And when I first played, I got to second, like in a, in a single in a single player match. I got to second. I've never done better than that. And that was early on, like my first, like my fourth match ever or whatever. Wow. Yeah. I think <clears throat> solo, the highest I've ever gotten is maybe fourth, third okay. or fourth, something like that. Wow. I'm sitting in ninth right now, I think. <laughs> and yeah. it sucked too, because my wife was like taping the show or the show, taping my gameplay on her camera and she thought I was going to win and I died. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. rip. I know it sucked. Uh, Jack, what have you been playing for the past week or so? So I'll go super quick with this. Uh, I have been... I thought I was going to be playing more Super Mario Odyssey, which I fully intend on getting to. That is the pr- number one priority game for me to play right now and, and beat it in, te- in time for Game of the Year talks. 
Uh, but I didn't get to that. Let me just tell you guys, if you're ever going to move to Texas, this is for anyone listening, doing anything with your car, like related to your car, like regist- driver's license, registration, insurance, all that stuff, you is so fucking complicated in the state of texas it is ridiculous like in ohio for instance you can walk into a building you might have to wait a little bit walk into a building take your picture take a test real quick etc and you'll walk out with your license and your registration right then and there it's not like that in texas how i told you guys this oh it's not no, i did not dude. know that you have to go this, to, yeah. to for one your red your license is a separate building a separate company than your registration what so first yeah so first Excuse you have me? to go get your registration for you would think you have to get your license first no you have to get your registration done first i'm not even gonna go to the details it just drives me crazy it, it fucking drives me crazy i'm so triggered about the whole process man that's anyways, a great video game that sounds like a lot of fun no but i don't even know why i'm talking about this oh but <laughs> let me just finish i'm already on a roll so also every year you have to get your car inspected and it costs about 20 bucks a pop you have to get your car inspected to make sure that it's not emitting too many like pollute pollutants into the air and if it doesn't pass you have to get it fixed or you have to have a mechanic fix it so it will pass inspection so your car has to get inspected every year before you can even um, renew your registration Wow, That's it annoying. sucks. That's it's annoying. annoying. And then, and then also, I was going to say, when you go to the one building to get your license, you have to wait like two weeks, and they'll mail it to you. But <laughs> the whole time you're carrying around a paper saying that, hey, I'm waiting on my license in case you ever get pulled over. It's a complete nightmare. Wow. But anyways, the, the reason. Oh, I know I'm bringing this up because that's why I couldn't play Mario because I was busy futzing with that all day Tuesday. Like, and when I say all day, I mean all day long. It, Twenty four hours. Terrible. It's terrible. So, anyways, to soothe my soul, right, and to like get the feels good man happening i got Mm -hmm. into some animal crossing pocket camp on iphone and it's out on android as well uh worldwide release was november 21st of this year if you don't know animal crossing get on it it's a social simulator single player multiplayer uh it's a great time it's very relaxing it's very chill it's developed by nintendo epd you had a question yeah didn't they release it a day early if i remember right uh yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. I think it went no. live a day early. Oh, I thought yeah, it, yeah I, I thought yesterday was a day early, right? It was supposed to come out today, and it came uh, out. That's yesterday. right. Yeah, it was supposed to come out yeah. the twenty second. Yeah, because I remember uh, I was sitting in class, and one of the guys I sat next to kind of just like strolled into class and like you know whipped out his fancy iPhone X because he works at an Apple store, and he's wow. like, "Yo, check this out! I got you know Animal Crossing with this look. Look, I got the notch thing up here, and like it takes up the whole <laughs> what's screen." He do? Hold on, no, what's he do at Apple? I I don't recall. Is he just one of the dudes that helps you like look at shit and get shit? <laughs> I for think in the so. Back? I thought I think so. Because I actually okay. know more than one person. Okay, that works he at a spent Apple like then like uh, two weeks at least, or maybe even three weeks worth of his paycheck for that iPhone X, even with his discount. So that's crazy. Yeah, Gross. I don't know if they let you make payments on that or what, but and it's so much for a phone. Ooh. So, anyways, Animal Crossing was incredibly fun. It had all the characters, all the love, all the charm, all the sounds, all the music you enjoy. It's just in a perfect. Uh, kind of pocket form i only played about the first hour the intro part i linked my nintendo account to it etc and it just it felt great i felt like i was back in the saddle i'm a big animal crossing fan i played hunt probably three four hundred hours total of of animal crossing new leaf on 3ds and my wife and i shut up and my wife and i <laughs> are enjoying it and we're gonna have fun we're gonna keep playing it we're not i'm gonna try and go the whole time without buying any uh leaf tickets because that's their online currency right that's yeah. their oh this isn't gambling this is leaf tickets this isn't real money oh, don't worry about it but Tom, they cost Tom over money. there selling you selling you microtransactions it's totally the crack dealer on the corner giving you the first hit for free too because they give you 10 free leaf tickets to start 
Well, of you actually get a ton in your rewards in your mailbox. Like I have over a hundred, I think, at this point. Uh, how much have you played? Like an hour. Okay, well, I don't have a hundred, but I'll 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 look. Maybe they accrue over time. I don't know. I haven't played that much, but it's I'm having a good time. And you know what, Robert? If you're gonna hate on it, just delete it, man. Just delete the game. Don't play <laughs> just, it anymore. Just, just break it. I'm doing hate. I'm doing that thing where I'm giving this another chance. I'm giving it a shot. And so far, I am liking it a lot better than I did on the 3ds because I think this mobile platform is a lot more like it's better for it like it just it's really easy to pick it up and put it back down and like you know you're just doing like oh i'll just catch a butterfly right now and then boop done and you know turn it off it's so you're done this this game is it's initially free to play right it's It's free to start as they say free to start free to start is it it one of those things is it like mario run where you can get like the full version for 10 bucks no no you Mm. just download this right now and you just play it's more like fire emblem heroes if you ever played that on your phone it's more like you're paying to like make uh cooldowns go away faster or instantly so for instance so it's like uh clash of clans almost i don't know i don't play that evil but listen this is like the closest thing i can tell you about so in in animal crossing there's trees right and they each grow their own individual fruit depending on what seed you plant and for instance, I picked a cherry tree and when you hit the tree, three cherries drop down and then a nice little clock tick down timer pops up on top of the tree and you and it will not grow fruit and you cannot pick it again for like five hours or something like that. Wow. So if you want yeah. more fruit, my friend, you're going to have to pay to get that cooldown down. Like the, the thing so, I've noticed evil. leaf tickets being used for so far are like when in your own pocket camp, because you're building a camp so you can have other animal friends over to hang out with them and chat with them. You're just trying uh, to have a party. You're just trying to have a good time. Just for whatever reason. and Because um, you're an animal. Thank you. You're uh, a party animal. <laughs> You can you can build like benches or beds or whatever and like certain animals like certain furniture so it's like if you want to appease a certain guy like you need to build what he likes and it's like hey come over here um, to build it takes like the materials and then like time like real world time so mm-hmm. early game it's like it takes a minute for this to craft so it's like ass yeah, whatever but I imagine like time will ramp up and then you can just pay leaf tickets if you want to just make that time go away Colin how familiar are you with Animal Crossing uh, not that familiar at all. It's okay. always been a, uh, a a series that elu- has eluded me. So, so one thing that's pretty cool, in my opinion, on Animal Crossing is that it keeps track of the real world time. Okay, and depending on oh, what time and what time you pick up the game, it could be any time of day. But that's what time that time will be reflected in the game world, and thus you'll have different interactions with people. You'll have maybe someone's like a night owl, for instance, and you can only they only come outside at night, and during the daytime they're asleep, or maybe certain shops. Or certain vendors are only open at certain times of day. Maybe only certain um, flowers will bloom at night or daytime. You know, shells on the beach, uh, etc. That's kind of annoying. No, it's actually I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I mean, there's. Well, I mean, it's like if you only get a chance to play at night, then it kind of sucks. You're shit out of luck. Yeah, but on the 3ds, adjusted for that. Oh, go ahead. You can just like adjust the time on your 3ds, and then it's like, hey, I'm totally playing at eight in the morning. Oh, well, you could do that, but I was going to even go further and say that the game actually will adjust to that. If, let's say, you're facing that issue where you can only play at night, you can. I remember in uh, in New Leaf on 3DS, you could pass a city ordinance and say, hey, we're going to have all the shops open at these hours because this is when I normally play. So it will adjust for you. It takes that into account. And and this oh, okay, game, I think, cool. it knows it's on a phone. It knows it's always in your pocket at all times. You can just pick it up, whip it out, and there'll be something new and dynamic to do at that time. So I think it's really you know friendly in that regard. I think it's an incredibly genius move to bring like a more full-featured Animal Crossing to mobile. I'm excited to see where it goes. Uh, 
you know, I, I think that uh, it's kind of a perfect marriage. We'll see. We'll see how uh, it, it gets uh, received by the masses because Nintendo has not had the greatest luck on mobile with Mario and, and, and their other properties. So we'll see if this takes off. Yeah, I'm hoping that it becomes like Fire Emblem Heroes because that game was actually like pretty solid for the most part. Like I felt yeah. like I didn't need to buy two. I mean, I didn't buy anything. There were some it's times where I was like, if I give them money, it would be easier right now. But eh, fuck it. And kind of seemed like a very bare bones kind of pared down version of, of Fire Emblem, if yeah, I remember correctly. It, yeah, Fire Emblem Heroes was more about like, yeah, sure, it's a Fire Emblem style gameplay, but it's more about I need to catch all my anime boys and girls. I need to raise all my anime children. Like, that's what that was more about. It was all about the gachapon system. Ah, I see. Okay. I see. Yeah. But let's put a pin in that. Let's move on to the news. So we're going to be a little quick here with the news. So let's follow up first with a story from last week. So you guys remember uh, when we were talking a lot about how EA is the worst and how they ruined Star Wars Battlefront 2 with all these crazy microtransactions and it would take 40 years to unlock Darth Vader and yada yada. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, and then on the same day we published, they were like, we're going to remove all microtransactions temporarily. What yeah. a crazy precedent they're setting here. Like literally hours before the game gets released, they're going to completely just pull the rug out from underneath their own economy system that they spent millions of dollars developing and they were hoping would bring in millions of dollars. Again, as we said, EA is not in the video game business. They are in the microtransaction business and to just neuter their flagship release for this holiday season on the eve of is what is objectively the most uh, anticipated Star Wars movie of all time. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, and like... (laughs) Man, this exhausts me to no end, because like when I heard that news last week that, hey, we're removing microtransactions, I had to remind myself, this game isn't even fucking out yet. Yeah. It came out the day after all of the microtransaction debacle, Yeah, and a couple days later, it was revealed that uh, those guys who own the Star Wars IP, what's their name? They're like the small, small company. Not many people have heard of them. Do you guys know who I'm talking about? Disney Inc. Oh, yeah. Disney. Disney. Those yeah. guys. Didn't they do Toy no. Story? No, that's Pixar. The company uh, what no. made uh, Mickey Mouse. Yeah, yeah. Those guys. Probably like one yeah. of the most powerful companies on the planet right now. Probably. Yeah, see... Mickey Mickey Mouse came strolling into uh, EA Games, kicks the door open, comes in Samuel L. Jackson from Pulp Fiction style. Like, what? My motherfuckers. No, you got to do know, it in yeah. Mickey's voice, nah, dude. Like, like <laughs> yeah. motherfuckers. You motherfuckers. Ho, ho, ho. You motherfuckers. Yeah. Just comes so, in, says motherfucker. Yeah. And they're like, all right, we're sorry. Yeah. It, they're, they're all like, you know, they're sitting there eating lunch. Yeah, yeah you know, how it was microtransactions, stealing all the money. And then they're like, motherfucker, he's like, flips around in the chair and like starts fucking busting his kneecaps. And he's yeah. like, puts a gun to his head. He's like, well, you motherfuckers better fix this. Marcellus Wallace, does he look like a bitch? Like, just, goes, yeah. just, goes, just goes Tanya Harding on everybody. But that's yeah. what happened, right? Like, like daddy came home, right? And EA is right, in trouble exactly. now. Mm-hmm. Once they start hearing it from, from Disney's executive heads up, like, hey, you're fucking damaging our Star Wars brand that we bought from George Lucas. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And they're like, fuck it. It's gone temporarily, like you said, though, right? So that yeah. is the big caveat here. And I, I think that uh, sales of the game, it's hard to ignore, like definitely are suffering. I mean, the game is still alive. It's still floating. I mean, let's not like jump the gun here. But if you notice, EA's stock is at an all-time high. That is true. However, if you look at the data, they are definitely on a three-month slump where they looked at having more a three-month climb 
right with all their releases coming out that they've been touting since e3 and and yeah. before that and so they don't expect like oh shit all our best games are coming out and now the stock's going down it's actually it's actually a problem yeah, to throw a to throw a hard number on it in the UK right now, uh, Battlefront Two sales are actually down by sixty percent compared to the first Battlefront game that oh, was released. Shit. Thank you, yep. thank you, and consumers, for being yeah. smart with your money. I mean, yeah, and here's the problem, or not the problem, but here's like what's a shame. Like I'm a I'm a pretty hardcore Star Wars fan, but I'm very casual EA fan, very casual Battlefront and Battlefield fan. And I'm actually, like, don't hate me for this, but I'm actually enjoying the time I'm spending in the game. Yes, it's a shallow experience, but sometimes I appreciate a shallow experience. Sometimes I just want to get into a game as quick as possible, have it look really pretty, hear the Star Wars sounds, shoot some people in the head, you know, get into, you know, cut open a Tauntaun and hide inside the corpse. And Oh, you can do this that? Game, no, I don't know, but I mean, that sounds like fun, right? <laughs> yeah. But sometimes I just want to do some stupid shit, right? And then just, and then lightweight, just get out of it and be like, oh, that was fun. Now let's move on to the next thing. And this game allows me to do that. Now I'm only playing because I have 10 hours for free from EA Origin Access subscription, but I'm not going to pay full price for it. Fuck no. I'm going to wait till it goes at least on sale for $30 and then I'll, maybe I'll think about it, but who knows what'll be out by that time. They're going to have to make some serious moves, I think in December though, for, for it to move because it's like- definitely disappointing. My worry is, especially the word temporary, right? Because it basically, to me, mm-hmm. this sounds like EA saying, okay, guys, don't worry. We're just going to get rid of them so you can buy our game in troves, yeah. and yeah. then we will unleash the beast. You yeah, know, it's just really annoying to me, and I'm worried yeah, about for that. Sure. For sure. And that's uh, yeah. the update, so that's where it stands right now, and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, Gambling. Justice League. That movie came out last week. That was DC's attempt at making a good Avengers movie. Uh, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yeah, you can listen to our spoiler cast that Jack and I did earlier this week if you uh, are really interested in our thoughts and want to like listen to it. But save yourself yeah. the money. Don't go. Just listen to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> the podcast. yeah. Just just watch the animated series. Way better. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that movie had a budget of three hundred million dollars, and in the first weekend, for both domestic and global sales, they only made two hundred eighty-one million. Super under projected targets. Now, that sounds sort of good, like it is going to be a profitable movie. No one doubted that, okay? But when you are, but it still is disappointing and underperforming when you're projecting it to maybe enter the billion-dollar club, which DC certainly was thinking would happen uh, when they started this universe 10 years ago. This is going to be like their flagship title, and it's definitely disappointing. Now that I think about it, there's only one good DC movie I can even think of. And Suicide I'm not counting. Squad. I'm not I'm not counting the Nolan Batmans. I Like I said, I don't think those fit, really, even though it is a DC character. But I don't think that lives inside the DCEU, right? No, and di- so the, that's different. So you have Wonder Woman. That's like the only good DC movie I can think of. I rest my case. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. I, It hurts my DC fanboy heart, right? Uh, that this is sucking real hard. And it just doesn't look good for the future. You know, they've got like a DC movie every year lined up for the next three years. But... It's hard to get excited about them when, like, this is their Avengers. You know what I mean? Like, this was supposed to be it. This would, would this is what would cement the DC uh, established universe here, and it's just like pretty meh. Sad. Yeah, time. I'll, Sad I'll time. just I'll just stick with the uh, the Russian version of the Avengers Guardians. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah, and with the with the with the bear with the giant machine gun on his back, man bear. Yeah, and yeah. something else I want to bring up. I remember reading this like opinion piece uh, out in the news that was like, stop comparing Justice League to the Avengers, and it's like. Sure, I'd do that if it wasn't DC and Marvel. Like, it's hard not to, you know what I mean? Because they're literally trying to take the same beats. Like, they brought in Joss fucking Whedon onto this this movie. You know, it's like, of course they're trying to emulate what Avengers and the Marvel have. Well, it's like DC, at least from an outsider perspective, because I haven't seen the movie, but 
uh, DC's coming in here and they're trying to force something like the Avengers when they didn't take the stra- the same strategy that Marvel did because Marvel was very strategic about it. They went through and they basically made a film for almost every one of the Avengers. Yeah, it was or at like, least most of them. Was, and they built up a lot of character development yeah. because of that. So DC comes in here like, oh, hey, we have Batman versus Superman. We're just going to throw the rest of the Justice League in there. I mean, haphazardly. It's fine. Yeah. You know, people people have seen the CW series for The Flash. They'll They'll get it. <laughs> you know yeah that's totally it absolutely uh so the steam autumn sale went live today wednesday november 22nd uh that's going to be going on until november 28th so if you're a pc gamer it's one of those times where your wallet's going to be real light allegedly kind of maybe not really (laughs) for me it is i mean planet coaster is 20 bucks man i've been looking forward to that game forever and that is the right price i'm happy i don't know i'm I'm a little I'm half and half. They're, the games that I really wanted, they're like not getting as steep a discount as I would like. Yeah, Divinity 2 at 10% is kind of butt, but I mean, it's one of the most successful, highest selling games. They don't have to discount that one. And it's really good and worth 45 Absolutely. Right, right. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, got into PUBG, and, thanks to Jack. <laughs> and uh, I'm kinda, I'm, I think I'm going to go throw down on some Overwatch because Overwatch is on sale for 20 bucks, and I yeah, haven't gotten into that yet. Yeah, so I mean, twenty bucks for Overwatch sounds like a good deal. It's yes. worth pointing out, of course. Like it is the Steam sale right now, but you know it's Black Friday, Cyber Monday, like all the other sites that you want to use, like Blizznet or Battle.net, and you know all the other like GOG. What about Humble? Is Humble Bundle doing it? Maybe I haven't looked at Humble Bundle yet, but might like, want to look. Everyone's doing something. Yeah, man. Everyone's, everyone's doing, doing something. Yeah, I'm sure. Like the Steam sale, of course, is just this big thing. You know, like that's kind of the main one to point at, but. Wherever you want to get your games, you're probably going to find pretty good sales this weekend. So have fun. Enjoy your holiday break, buying all your discounted games. Nerd holiday. Absolutely. Uh, Speaking of discounted things, do you guys want an Xbox 360? No, but can I have one for free anyways? Do you want it, though? (laughs) No, I don't want it. I just want to use it as a doorstop just to say I did. No, I want to use it as a coaster for my beers. Low blow, (laughs) man. Yeah, I'd use it as like a desktop stand. (laughs) No, hey, I listen. I'll use this to line my litter boxes. Oh, there's okay. some good games on on the 360. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just teasing. So anyway, where Robert's getting at is GameStop is basically giving Xbox 360s away for free, kind of. Um, what? Kind of because they expect you to spend sixty dollars on it and give you a sixty dollar rebate, and then hope to God you don't ask for the rebate. But obviously, I would. Yes, yeah, so you can because get it for free. Yeah, it was for free. But yeah, free 360, man. I have a small backlog of good games I want to play on, my, on, on a 360 still, and my old 360 took a crap on me because of that darn 60% failure rate on the original models. Dude, man, I, went through three, I went through three I went three different Xbox 360s, man. I had the worst customer service story of my entire life happen when one of them red ringed. Not a story for today. I'll save that in my back pocket, but man, that is a story, and man, I'll, never, the, I'll never respect Microsoft the same after that. The 360 oh. was such a good console failing on so many people like that. Um, I don't know. For me, I'm looking at this and it's like, I guess it's cool that I could like basically loan GameStop 60 bucks for a minute, uh, just to get it 360 for free. But I'd rather honestly spend that $60 on Call of Duty World War II. And I don't want that game. Wow. No, no I don't want that game. I mean, either. hey man, the, the only reason like 360 has Lost Odyssey and Tales of Vesperia. So Which you can get on PC. Yeah. PC is the way, dude. PC they have Lost the Odyssey light. on PC? I don't know about that, but Vesperia absolutely is on PC, mm-hmm. I think. Actually, maybe it might not be. I might be wrong about that. Eh. All, all I'm saying is, if I get if I get an Xbox Slim, which actually runs marginally better and doesn't fail like the old ones would, then, hey, for free, I'll take it. Fair enough. 
Uh, something we've been waiting for for a very, very long time. The Incredibles 2 teaser trailer finally dropped over the past week. Do either of you two see that? No, I'm not I a big... I get to see it. I'm not a big Sad. Incredibles fan. Uh, I kind of missed the boat on that. I understand it's great, but I don't know really much about it, Jack, so I can't say I'm looking forward to it. It's not just great. It's incredible. Uh, okay. Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> plays a superhero man. Come oh, on. Really? Is that real? Where is yeah. my super suit? <laughs> so Woman, good. where's my super suit? God, That's I hilarious. That okay. Yeah. It's for the greater good. <laughs> I'm the greatest good you ever going to get. All right. You're, you're selling me already. You're selling <laughs> no, me already. <laughs> great film. Highly recommend. Uh, yeah. That movie's finally getting a... Well, I mean, we've known about the sequel happening, but now we finally got the teaser trailer, and it's really adorable how they like follow... Because they have a baby at the end. I guess spoilers, but like... Eh. Um, they have a baby at the end of the first movie, and now in the second movie, you get to see this baby have powers, and it's like, it's so great. The way it's just, it's nice to see it animated and like see it actually happening. It's got me kind of excited for it. Oh yeah, I one hundred percent go see it. I'll push all the toddlers out of the way I need to to go get into that movie. Oh, absolutely. It's kind of like Monsters <laughs> University when that came out. Like that's the I same see. Feeling. I know. I still haven't seen that. Yo, worth it. Absolutely I worth bet. it. I love Monsters Inc. Mike Wazowski. Oh man. All right. That should do it for us for the news this week. So I'm going to toss it over to. I mean, we really didn't decide who would ask the question this week, but we're going to toss it over to the Tiny Disc Podcast to ask the question oh. of the week. I guess I can a- answer or ask. What am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. We're falling off the rails here. Okay. I will ask and pose to all of you out there on the internet, as well as you two fine gentlemen. The question of the week, the actual question of the week this week is, what be up with net neutrality? <laughs> and, <laughs> it's like, and it's like a thing now. And why is it a thing now? And well, what that's is the problem, it? right, Jack? It's, it's, it's going to get down. That's the thing. It's not up. It's not what up. It's what down so, with net neutrality because they're trying to take it down. So what's the dude's name? Y'all Ajit, too hit for me. What's his name? Uh, uh, Ajit Pai. Pai. Ajit Pai. Ajit Pai is the chair of the FCC. Unfortunately. Uh, and uh, he was appointed right by the Trump administration. Am I correct in that? I believe. Yeah, with his ridiculously large uh, Reese's Cup mug. He what? also is, I don't know what that means, but we're going to go <laughs> no, 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 with Listen, it. No, no, no. Listen, it's exactly what it sounds like in all of the videos of him. Like, he was mid-press conference, and out of nowhere, he just takes a swig of this ridiculously oh, oversized Reese's Cup Reese's, mug. Yeah, Brandon Reese's mug, Cup yeah. Probably Coffee full mug. of vodka yeah. to It's a giant that. plastic cup. Yeah, I, okay, Dude, I do know what you're talking insane. about it's insane. I remember that. Yeah, this isn't even a joke. So anyways, Trump guy... Um, he was also an an ex a previous lawyer for Verizon. Yeah, Verizon guys, the Verizon. And yeah, the people that, that are trying to get net neutrality repealed. And so to drain the swamp, what you do? You just go ahead and put Verizon's lawyer as the head of the FCC. Right, right, okay, right. So, anyways, not gonna get too political here, but how can you not with this with this you know subject? So but, what? Go what? ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so what they're trying to do is they are using. And make no mistake, this is a very strategic, deliberate move. They are using the long weekend and the holiday Thanksgiving weekend to try and sneak under the radar when people aren't paying attention to the news and what's happening. The busiest travel day of the year, they are using that to try and slip in a motion to repeal net neutrality. And the language they used in their statement is just awe-inspiring in the worst ways. I've never seen a federal commission 
used such subjective language before. Like this would not pass a 101 college writing course, right? Absolutely or like this not. would not pass in any journalism field and any and this is straight up public relations in the interest of big companies. He used to work for a giant telecom company and it shows, right? He's he's yeah. fully on board for the big companies trying to dollar and cent you and make the most money and squeeze the most they can out of people that use the internet now today. Yeah, and so Jack, go ahead. I, just I was just going to say think about this. Um, for our listeners' sake, can you like quickly explain what exactly repealing net neutrality means immediately? Okay. So I'm not going to like re- regurgitate what their uh, statement was because it's just disgusting and vile. But basically, what they want to do is they they're saying we're going to restore freedom. We're going to restore freedom. <laughs> Freedom's good, right? This is America, right? Freedom. What they're talking yeah. about, they're not talking about. Oh, and then you just think that's a dumb American, right? Like, oh, I like freedom. That's good. Yeah. Let's do it. But they're talking about your no. The internet right now is in its freest, most neutral, most fair, flat plane ground for everyone that's for like your mom and pop shop that's for if, if you like we're starting a, a podcast right now like tinydisc.com for instance we have the same benefit that like a nike.com or even netflix would have people have access to us people don't have to pay extra for us we get same download speeds etc it's not like you can go to nike it's faster than going to tinydisc.com and that's a fair free neutral playing ground so net neutrality or repealing that would basically make it so that uh, let's say what's happening in Portugal now is a great example where the net neutrality rules do not uh, take uh, place. So what they do is the service providers will have, let's say, a social bundle. Oh, you like social media? Five dollars more. Here's five dollars. Yeah, you can use so- these these five social media channels: Facebook, Twitter, uh, Snapchat. You can use those on all your devices. Five dollars more. Oh, you like videos? Anything with video on it? Netflix, YouTube, HBO. Here's another five dollars. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's, yeah, you're think, free, you're free to pay. Like the, free to pay. It's not freedom. Yes. You're free to fucking pay. Oh, you like music? You like streaming music? Well, you only have the social package. You only have the video package. Oh, you need this music package now. So, so Spotify, uh, title, you know, uh, YouTube music, v, uh, v, Viva, whatever the fuck it's called, Pandora. Five extra dollars. Don't worry. Just hit this button. Give us a little bit more money. You get all these. It lets them package the internet in these little subsections, much like. I don't know if you guys even remember, but cable channels kind of used exactly. to do that, right? Cable it's like that. It's old. like, yep. what the actual fuck? So right well, now we have the internet. We can go to any site we want to for a flatfeet.com. Yeah, you can go to any website you want to, but it, it's not going to be like that anymore if we if we tell the telecom companies that they can use any form of capitalism they want to to squeeze as much money out of people as possible. And it's insane right. that, that they're saying they're going to add freedom to the internet. It's crazy. They're yeah. going to add yeah. freedom for the giant companies, the Verizons of the world, Comcast, AT&T. I'm sorry. I'm just getting so heated about this, but it's like a serious <laughs> big deal. And like you actually have to right now, you actually have to call your local government legislators. You have to call your congressman. You have to call. I mean, they make it easy. There's links where you can put in your phone number and they'll make the simple thing. They'll even put a script up online for what to say to them when they answer when you leave a voicemail. I did it like once every day this week, but it's just like you, you have to. We, we have to do this. If we sit on our hands now, we are going to literally be paying for this in the future. And people, the fat cats right now are going to get even fatter. The wealth inequality is going to get even worse. And this is squeezing the people, like the people that need internet. Internet is a basic human right, right? You can't like, you just can't do this, but they are doing it. And that's what's so scary. Right. And, it, and it's just disgu- just all the morality and all the different things behind it. And basically what you want to do is when, what you what you need to know is... 
basically you want to keep net neutrality under title two is the way you want to phrase it when you when you tell people that you want to keep net neutrality where it is as it is yeah so basically what it what it means is you won't we 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 would basically in our context have to focus on youtube for streaming audio you wouldn't be able to get only audio streams if this net neutrality thing got repealed you would have to just listen to us on youtube how annoying would that be the internet would yeah would be vastly different and it's in the interest of draining you of money and of making the big companies even more money because they're not happy with charging you $70 a month or $150 a month for slow internet. They're not happy with that. They need more. They want to charge you because you're already watching Netflix. They want to charge you more for Netflix. They want to charge you more for the most popular sites. And they say they're not going to do that, but they're going to do it because they have because they've already shown that they have been throttling sites when they're when there's some political disagreements with other stakeholders yeah and yeah. here's the thing too is that jack prefaced this earlier with like i don't want to get too political fuck that this isn't a political issue <laughs> this really isn't this is just big it's companies not. wanting to fuck you in the butt like real hard in your internet butt exactly and that's not fun that's not cool that's not republican that's not democrat don't even give a shit about your political party re- like you know what you identify as this is a human right. This is a basic human thing. You use the internet every day for Facebook, Twitter, for YouTube, for your porn, for whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And L- listen, guys, that's a big thing. You're not going to get porn. Well, here's the thing. You're, <laughs> I mean, you, you can still get porn, but then it's like you got to pay Comcast that extra $20 for the triple X package. Unless, and then, and then unless your, they decide to just block it. Unless they decide to block it. Sure. Like Courier or Britain does. But. Yeah. I mean, th- think about it. Like, this is legitimate, right? Like, on your bills, it'll say what you're, what you're buying for, what you're buying your video package, your music package. So it's like you have to customize what your internet is, and it's like, who the fuck wants that? What is this cable it's in just the nineties? Like, it's just a sleazy, underhanded way of that they're going about it, right? Going over it over Thanksgiving weekend, man. Yeah. It's and, fucking so disgusting. And what bothers me the most about this is that, like, the internet in America, frankly, is absolute shit for the most part. It's not part. even good, no. It's not. The infrastructure no, it's is not, not there. Yeah, no. So, like, I come from Korea, right? Korea has some of the fastest and cheapest internet on the planet because they rebuilt their infrastructure, you know, in the past 60 years because of, you know, they had a war and whatever. But the U.S. internet system is pretty garbage because they're kind of piggybacking off the old cable systems that were, you know, back in the 20s and onward. So it's like what you're doing here is basically serving me a fillet mignon that is years old and you're serving it to me undercooked. It's like, no, I don't want your shitty shit made shittier. You know, yeah, like it's what what you should do is instead of trying to repeal this bill to make the Internet worse, try to make it better. Seriously, better. Better for the people, not better for the big companies. Absolutely. Like, right. there's, there's no reason we shouldn't have more initiatives for fiber optic cables. Absolutely no reason. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean that's uh, that's where Google was at when they were doing Google Fiber. Google was like, well, why don't we just light a fire under the, all these guys' asses? Because, like, before Google Fiber was a thing, all these companies were like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to charge you, like, $100 a month for 50 megs down. And it's like, the and the Google Fiber comes out and, like, hey... So we can give you 500 megs down a month for 80 bucks or whatever. I'm just using an example. It doesn't um, say the and, thing about the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say like, and then all the other companies are like, oh, yeah. So we can totally give you speeds like that. We were just kind of hiding it from you. All of a sudden yeah. it yeah. comes out of the woodworks. Yeah. The thing that just yeah. drives you crazy about the FCC statement is that in the headline it says, uh, what did it say? Uh, 
in order to restore internet freedom and eliminate heavy-handed internet regulations. That heavy-handed internet regulation that they're trying to destroy is just saying, hey, you have to treat all websites normal. You're not allowed to uh, give the websites that you're friends with in bed with um, faster download times. You just have to give everyone the same thing. It's the free internet. It's open. Keep it the same. There's no preferences. So when we're talking about, oh, we're going to quit microtransact or we're not going to, we're going to quit micromanaging <laughs> them, right? <laughs> like the same thing, right? We're going to quit micromanaging them. We're going to quit telling them what to do. We're telling them what not to do. We're not telling them what to do. We're saying, do not try and milk, you know, people and penny pinch and, and play political games with yeah, the internet speed. Right. Keep the internet. Like, that's like saying, oh, uh, you know, oh, you're a Democrat, so we're just going to turn off your water and electricity on Election Day. <laughs> I mean, that makes like, sense, right? I mean, it's that makes the same kind me. of concept. No, yeah, it, I mean, it, if you're on, if you're using Verizon and you're on data, imagine if, I mean, Verizon owns Yahoo. What if they use their cell towers and they block Google and you, the only search engine you can use is Yahoo? Oh, let me Yahoo that real quick. Yeah, yeah. let me Yahoo that. And then okay. think about this as well. Look, if this were to happen, okay, uh, uh, a new fledgling website, okay, has no hope of competing with the big established brands now there cannot be another like uh net netflix right there can't be another like movie pass things like that like they're not they're gonna have to pay exorbitant fees to be put on the same level the same accessibility as the bigger established brands and so to exactly. me that's going to stifle so growth that's going to stifle creativity and innovation and that's yeah, like the, one of the most dangerous screwed. parts of this to the me. The little guy gets screwed. Yep. Yeah, the heavy-handed regulation they're trying to get rid of is the only regulation that says, hey, don't regulate the internet. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I know. It's really it's a- dumb. They're trying to get rid of the only regulation that stops them from putting more regulations on it. It's, it's so bass-ackwards. And here's the worst thing, and I want to end our conversation on this point. The 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 press release that was you know given out from the FCC that was detailing this whole thing the motherfucker puts two spaces at the end of every period. That yeah. is reason alone <laughs> yeah. to not trust him, to no. not give a shit about him, and say a, put a big old middle finger to yeah. his, I want to fuck your internet. All right. Never trust a two uh, two space man after a period. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna stand over. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Colin. I'm looking at you. I didn't do that for years. I would. Never I'm sorry. Let... My school system growing up shoved it down my throat. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Had, if I had a daughter and uh, she brought a boy home, the first thing I'd say is uh, write me an email real quick. Do you put one space or two spaces after a period, son? I wouldn't even say out. anything. I would just, I would just, uh, I just look at his email, and if I didn't like, I just throw his, uh, throw his phone in the toilet. Yep. You know what else I have two of shells in this shotgun? I'll get. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's how we're Dude. gonna end this episode of the Tiny Dis Podcast. If you enjoyed, wow, we didn't really answer a question, did we? We kind of did. If you don't did. know what net neutrality is, I mean, yeah. I'm sure the listeners of the show, I mean, they're pretty enlightened. They're pretty smart. So absolutely, no. Jack, I mean, Jack, Chad, Jack, pretty much summed it up. I think we got it. Yeah, I think we got it. So if you uh, enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. Leave a review on iTunes. That really help us out a lot. Um, if you have any feedback, comments, questions, concerns, something you want us to read live on our recorded show that we release later. Uh, email it to us at tinydiscpodcast at gmail.com or you can connect with us on any of our social medias which you can find on tinydisc.com all the links are there and also all of our previously published episodes so check that out if you've got some time Uh, that I believe does it for us well except for the spoiler cast we're going to do at the end Uh, but for now where can we find you guys online on the internet as always, Colin and Mono, a.k.a. BooBoo underscore underscore five five on Twitter. At J-A-C-C-E-P-E-D-A, Mr. Cepeda, if you're nasty. It really says that. 
go go check it. It really actually for real <laughs> says Ben. Thanks, thanks for the promotion. <laughs> and you can find me at Panoptimist. P I N O P T I M I S T. So that does it for our normal part of the episode of this uh, Tiny Disc podcast. If you have watched your name and are curious about our thoughts, feelings, opinions, stick around till after the music. But if you're going to be leaving now, we sincerely, truly hope you enjoy this wonderful holiday season. If you're living in America, if you don't have a nice Thursday. And also before Tuesday, Thursday, before we bid you do, I also want to say if you have not seen your name please go watch that movie and also watch it with knowing as little as humanly possible about the film. I guarantee Absolutely. you will be happy. Do that. E- even if you're like, what's this weeboo trash garbage? I don't watch no. Animu. No, watch like, it. Like watch it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's defining, uh, like it just, it, it's great. Go watch it. And then Seriously. come back for our spoiler cast. Absolutely. Yeah. Stick a, stick a fork in this episode and come back. So don't stick a fork. Don't stick a fork in an outlet though. That's bad. Don't stick a fork in your phone either. Uh, so that should do it for us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to the tiny disc podcast. And we'll see you next Thursday. Gombawa. Hello, welcome to the other side of that wonderful, beautiful music. We are still the Tiny Disc Podcast, and we are here to talk spoilers about Makoto Shinkai's smash motherfucking hit, Your Name, Kimi no Nawa, one of the greatest anime films to bless this sacred earth. It Yeah, and the numbers show it, man. Yeah, just it talking has about it. destroyed every other anime film in terms of you know like box office numbers you, you know that guy uh hayao miyazaki you know who makes those movies like spirited away howl's moving castle yeah this movie outsold all of those princess mononoke mononoke <laughs> don't don't tilt your head back and stick out your tongue at me but yeah your name if you're if you're here You've probably already seen it and know how just fucking incredible this film is. If you're still here and you haven't seen it yet, I'd really, really recommend stop listening. Go watch that film one way or another. It's an incredible experience. It truly is one yeah. of the best movies I've seen. And it's it's something I will forever remember watching it for the first time in a theater. It's so yeah, exactly. I mean, we can sit here and describe it to you all you want, but it's it's not going to do it any sort of justice at all. The so, less you yes. know, the better the experience will be. So, well, do watch it in Japanese, though. Yeah, I'll, I would I'll recommend as well. Watch in Japanese with English subs because also the music is in Japanese. Uh, the original um, producers of the music, the composers, Rad Wimps, uh, they did English versions, and I listened to them, and they're definitely not as good. So Absolutely listen not. to everything as authentic to the original release as possible with English subs. Certainly the best yes. way to watch it. So go leave now watch it and uh hi welcome back yeah uh so, need a box movie. of tissues much <laughs> oh yeah yeah, this yeah need a box of tissues holy yeah crap. so let me let me let me take you guys on a, on a quick journey so let, let's revert back to i think let's let's say eight-year-old colin nine-year-old colin Uh-oh. Back, back when uh i think it was adult swim used to show uh anime late late into the night into the early early morning um and you guys, you guys remember back when they showed like it was like Inuyasha or like Big O and stuff like that, right? Sure. Yeah. So 
Inuyasha, the cl- the it reminded me of the first time I ever saw the closing for Inuyasha, this whole movie. The closing for Inuyasha is like this really pretty skyline with like a Ferris wheel, if I recall right. Something like that. But it, I would always wake up and see that, and it was almost, it was like a, a dreamscape almost. Th- that same feeling was like conveyed in this entire movie for me. Hmm. Yeah. That's basically what this was. Yeah. This movie is just a visually beautiful treat to watch. Honestly, the only reason I could think of to say like, hey, watch this in English is that way so your eyes don't need to focus on subtitles ever and you can just stare at every every brush stroke, every color that's on that screen because every frame is so beautifully animated. And Makoto Shinkai, he's known for that. Like his previous works, Garden of Words, five centimeters per second. Those are all visual spectacles worth watching. But your name definitely is like the one movie of his to watch if you had to watch any. It's very refreshing to see a 2D movie as well with Pixar, like doing nothing but like 3D CGI. It's really nice to see like cell, you know, hand-drawn digital art. And it's beautiful. And let's not sell short either the music that we had the pleasure of listening to, you know, in between the regular episode and this. Like, the music is fantastic. One of the first things I did after I watched the movie was I went to Tidal and I started listening to the tracks. And, man, it just brings you back, like, to the feeling. And, like, I totally agree with you, Colin. I even said it to my wife last night. We sat on the couch. We watched it. And she didn't know anything about it whatsoever. And I knew very, very little. I saw the trailer, and that's about it, the first English trailer. And I told her at, at the end, I was like... We're going to remember this like this is like an experience we're going to remember like the first time we saw this like we, we I, and I told her I looked at her and I was like I love watching like legendary movies for the first time ever because you can never recreate that experience you know you'll always get something new out of it every time you watch a great movie but you'll never watch it for the first time again and have that feeling again and I just was not ex- I knew you guys liked this movie but I was not expecting to just be like smacked in the face with a gigantic like bag of emotional bricks i just felt like i got run over my truck but it was a happy ending spoilers right but it was a happy ending sort of but it was still i felt so heavy and i was thinking about it all day today and i was just like man this is gonna sound crazy when i say this guys it really is but it's probably been the better part of maybe 15 13 to 15 years since i felt this way at the end of a movie and that movie the last movie i felt this way was (laughs) The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Whoa. Seriously, Whoa. Yeah, I'm not no. saying I'm not saying they're the same movie. They're not the same movie at all. But I felt no. that emotionally like drained at the end of this. Or I don't know if drained is the right word. I just felt so impacted. Oh, you know, I oh, yeah. would I would say drained. Like let's let me let me tell you guys a little story. I've seen this movie five times in my life now. I watched it for the first time like way earlier this year in theaters, and then I bought the Blu-ray, and then I watched it four times in the two weeks since I've owned the Blu-ray with different groups of people. Cause I'm like, yeah. I'm, I've been telling all my friends like, Hey, oh, I'd love to watch it with people the first time. I'd love to. Yeah. Just like, come over. You need to see this. I don't give a shit. If you hate anime, you need to see this film. Yeah. Like Jack, you've been kind of vocal about not as much being an anime as Colin and I, but I'm getting the feeling you really liked it. Anime totally has let me down over the years. I used to be really into Akira, Ghost in the Shell, etc. When Dead Leaves came out, that was the one that kind of was like, okay, maybe this anime thing isn't for me, and then just started getting like made fun of, and I just kind of drifted away from it. This is just a great, fantastic film. This is masterfully crafted, and I'm talking about your name. It's so good, in fact, that J.J. Abrams, the same guy that is bringing back uh, Star uh, Star Wars right now, he is him and his production company, Bad Robot, are adapting this into a live-action Western remake 
That's how good this Yo, film this is. this I did not know. I did I'm not know not that. I'm not excited about that. I no, don't so I don't know if I'm excited about it because I don't know how anything can be better than the anime. I don't know if I'm excited about it, but what I'm saying yeah. is that speaks to the caliber of this film. If you just think it's another anime, no. This is like an international hit like on the level that you do not see very often. This might be animated or live action. This might be one of the best foreign films I've ever seen in my entire life and and definitely the best anime I've ever seen. But it's just the beginning part of it really makes you feel like you're reading the manga. It's really accurate to that. It the, gives you that kind the, of sin- the the manga. Oh my god! Shut up with this. Okay, <laughs> the manga. So <clears throat> and actually, so, there there wasn't a manga. I don't think there was. It, it makes you feel like you're reading manga. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And there are there are side stories. There are side chapters of it as well too that like flesh out the film. Like there's a there is a manga that is out where it shows what uh, Taki did when he was. Uh, Mitsuwa to get her to be so popular. There are side stories to delve into, and I don't even oh, okay. know. Okay, that's that's cool. Yeah, to flesh out, there is like a you know, a, a, and these are like official canon. These aren't just like fan made stories. But right. I don't know. I listen, guys. Like this is like a movie. This is gonna sound crazy too. So I already brought up Passion of the Christ as far as emotional impact, and now I'm gonna bring up fucking Titanic as far as like what a, lo- a how great a love story this was. Like this is like what twilight and the faults in our stars and paper towns and all those tween uh movies wish they were those can't hold a fucking candle to this this is like like for me for instance i was so glad i had my wife next to me to watch this i don't know what i would do if i was in a room by myself i would just be in a ball cry i don't know what i'd do i was like oh oh please come here and hug me i need to hold you all right so (laughs) i think we've sung this movie a lot of praises without talking at all actually about it so maybe let's get into it. Let's let's start off with the part that I think hit you the hardest. Like what one part sticks out to you is like this is it. This is yeah, what I I'm, came here for. I think me and Ro- I think Robin and I are thinking of the same part, but what do you what do you think it is, Jack? What one part? Like I mean, uh, I guess uh, it was when I guess it was when they were on the top of the mountain during twilight and then they got to see each other for the first time in their own bodies. And we don't really need to go to the premise, right? Because if you're listening to this, you already yeah, kind of know the story. Know. Yeah, and and then when she was going to write her name on his hand, and the and the pen dropped, that kind of hit me, kind of yeah. hard. So I mean, there's a I, lot of moments I haven't really thought about the best moment yet. I I watched like again in theaters, and uh, that moment, right, where it's like, write your name on my hand, so we'll always we'll we'll know. Mm-hmm. And then the music just stops yes. super suddenly, like yes, done. It's cut. that's perfect. That's and, the power of editing. Yeah. Yeah, and then the pen just drops. Like that moment, the theater was so silent, and then you just hear, "Oh shit!" Just, I hear other people saying, "Oh shit!" Like that's that was just so powerful to me. Like you don't yeah. get that moment often in theaters, you know. And yeah. to know that everyone around you's experience is like cathartic, like what? Just one more second, you know? Like, dude, just it was uh, it was so mm. good for me. My f- absolute favorite part of the film, where I think everything like climaxes and everything you've been watching has built up to this moment is that scene where Mitsuha as actually Mitsuha is running to like try to warn her dad about the like the the comet okay and she trips falls down you know and is like she's rolling on the ground because she's like the trip was real bad and then she opens her hand to see that instead of it saying Taki's name after she's been grieving like I forgot his name I don't know his name all it says is I love you yeah and here's a fun little fact is if you know how to read japanese i remember reading that uh the way that 
Mitsuha wrote like on Taki's hand. You know, it was just like that one line, that one horizontal stroke. Mm-hmm. That stroke could never be used to like spell Mitsuha, but it could be used to start spelling I love you. Uh, so there's a lot of speculation that she was going to write the same thing. Oh, dude, no, the feels. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love on, this kids, we're, head, we're going on a field this trip. This is the kind of trip. Field trip. This is the kind of movies yeah. that I would have hated like younger. I think I would be like this stupid love story. Like get to the good action. Get to the get to the robots. <laughs> this is anime, right? Yeah, get to like, the fighting. Yeah, but but now I don't know if my taste would just change. But like this movie, like sunk its teeth like really deep into me. So that part is that the part you're talking about too, Colin? Yeah, yes, it I, is. I don't yes. know if I was just trying not to cry like more in front of my wife or whatever, but I was trying to be tough and just hold it together. But that part did not. I I could tell that part was supposed to ring really like strongly, and it it. It wasn't that wasn't the highest peak for me. I guess the end might have been like the the climax for me emotionally. And anytime basically the music was going on because the music, much like Titanic, anytime you hear that that theme music, it really evokes very strong emotions, at least for me. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, anytime I hear that oh, music, yeah, it brings 100%. me right back to where I was uh, emotionally in that yep. film. And that was those were the those were the most resonant parts for me. I mean, there's such great acting, such great animation. There's I think a very tight, nice script. I, I, it was a little bit confusing to follow at first. It was almost intentionally that way because you're supposed to feel as confused as the protagonists feel. You're not really supposed to know what's going on because they don't know what's going on, and you figure it out with them. So I appreciate that. I mean, it, it, I think I just thought, looking back on a hindsight, I watched it twice. So I watched it once last night, and then right as soon as I woke up this morning, I watched it again. Wow. And, yeah, and wow. I and I listen to the sound like the whole soundtrack after that too. That's like how much I like this movie, and I know my wife's gonna watch it again. I'll probably end up getting her the Blu-ray for Christmas. Don't spoil her on that. But uh, does oh, she crap. listen though? Oh crap, maybe. Oh no. Uh, oh. oh no. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I'll tell. I'll Sorry, Becky. Just, yeah, I'll just turn the volume down. Like, oh, what happened there? That was weird. But uh, yeah, I uh, the music was was fantastic. I kind of lost track of what I was talking about there, but I just think that it's kind of unfortunate that the director. Um, isn't a huge fan of this film he actually tells people that they shouldn't watch it because they were over budget or they ran out of budget and they had to cut a bunch of things that he wanted for the final cut and he was telling people like don't watch it it's an incomplete work i don't like it and i'm like oh no this rings of like george lucas when he's talking about the first star wars trilogy like don't go in and change it like it really actually is perfect the way it is you know but that's like the like that's the curse of being a creative person right you're never like it's never finished it's always got to be worked on he said the two years wasn't enough and he wanted more time but i mean dude this is literally the most successful movie to come out of japan ever (laughs) you know like this is this is the the pinnacle so far his career and who knows where he goes from here but i I wish that he was a little bit more satisfied with the final work it would make it i don't know i mean if i don't know if if down the years or a couple years down the line we get like an extended cut i mean I'd buy that if, it, if it's what's that? I'd buy oh, yeah, the yeah, shit I would, out of that. Oh yeah, I, I just would, hope I it doesn't mess that. with the with this one too much though, because I really think this one is basically perfect. Like I don't give a lot of perfect scores to movies, but it's very hard for me to find a fault with this movie. It's very it's very difficult. There are some like yeah. logical fallacies that come into play if you really start thinking about it really hard. Well, yeah, but it's but, like, and I was about to say it too is like this. It, it was kind of jarring to me, and not in a negative way, but it was crazy to me when they threw the plot twist in there. Like, oh. Yeah, this is like a time travel thing. Yeah. Like the, this girl's been dead for three years. The, I'm like, yeah, oh, the fact that shit. the fact that they're uh, body swapping is not like the spoiler. That is not the big deal of this film. It's it's everything else that happens, and it's the fact that they find each other and how they find each other. It's just a beautiful thing. And and my wife is, uh, you know, really into the the idea of like soul ties and like her headband and everything like that. 
and cool. just the way that they can like straddle and go through time and space and everything is pretty cool yeah so it, an interesting thing is in japanese culture and like japanese you know like uh superstition and such uh there's this idea that essentially your soulmate you and your soulmate are tied to each other by the red twine of fate or the red string of fate and that hairband is mostly red you know so that's like just another symbolism thing from japan that i think is really cool in this film but i think like i've seen it a lot and i really like this film i've seen a lot of like youtubers and stuff talk about this film like i've absorbed a lot of content and I think what makes this film so likable, even if you're not a fan of anime, like if you can just sit down and suspend your disbelief for a minute, like, oh, they're swapping bodies. All right, whatever. I don't need to know how or why. I don't even know if a witch cursed them or whatever. They just do it and it happens. It's a, it's a movie with very relatable characters because they're all so simple. You know, like none of those characters are damaged souls with lots of heavy backstory. Like Taki is just a high school kid who is trying to make a buck working part time and eventually wants to be an architect. Mitsuha is just your average, you know, like country farm girl who is like tied to her family's, you know, what she what she's expected, what is expected of her because of her family name, but she really wants to live in Tokyo. Like those are very simple yeah. dreams, very simple things to understand or like relate to, right? And mm. just following these characters through the supernatural, you know, little little time twisty like story, it's a little tough maybe, but you still kind of get the basic feeling of it. You know, and by the end, you know, at the end, after all the time traveling, after all the body swapping, you're just, you kind of relate to them so well because you're just thinking, when are they going to say hi? Like, they need to say, they know. They know that it's each other, but they don't know. Oh, uh, stressful, yeah. Right? Stressful yeah, it's end. so frustrating up until, like, the last moment so, there, and it's like, you know. To, uh, to kind of go off what you were saying about uh, symbolism in the film, there were a couple things that I thought were really interesting as well, too. So the cord is, the braided cord is red mostly, but there is a white stripe in the middle so, with a blue by the sides of the white stripe so the white stripe supposedly again this is coming from the internet right but it's supposed to symbolize like the meteor and then the blue on the side is supposed to symbolize the water in itora i can't remember the name of the itamori. city itamori itamori yeah, it's yeah. supposed to symbolize the water so i thought that was kind of interesting as well too um and then if you remember the uh itamori after it got hit by the uh meteor the second time it has that like extra pool of water around it and if you notice the artist i i heard um de- deliberately made that look like the infinity sign right to symbolize yeah. like the infinite nature of time and space and i thought like whoa that's really cool man there's just so much to love in this movie like yeah there's so much to unpack yeah and jack since yeah. you've seen it twice the second time around i i imagine you picked up way, way more. more i was Absolutely. super confused i got the gist of it the first time but i was like i don't understand it's like i didn't even know that uh that taki saw a uh, tessie and the other girl like as they were uh, married like later in the future i didn't even pick that up like because i was like my mind was racing trying to process what was happening you know so i, I was like falling behind over what was on the screen i was thinking about what was like a minute before you know right so it was it was a great film i have to say it I would recommend it. I'd be one of those people like you. I would recommend it to, to for everyone. everyone to watch. I think anyone that's just a fan of film and a fan of great stories. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, wow, like my, I, I can, I know I'm hurling all these superlatives, but like, I almost felt like, man, my faith in movies is almost renewed by this because it's been so long since I've seen an actual original story that actually like made me feel things made me believe, you know, the actors 
and wasn't just so corny and just so crappy and so Hollywood. And this is that film. I was like, this is a great film of our time that, that you it's know, just genuine. Yeah. It's genuine. Yeah. And yeah. I, and like I said, I thought in hindsight and look and watch it a second time, like there's clues all over the place. They they drop little hints here and there. You see, the, and that's why this movie was so successful because people were seeing it in Japan upwards of twenty times in theaters. Yeah, because it's that good. It's I very it's super it's super rewatchable. Like I said, I've already seen it twice. I plan on buying the Blu-ray. It'll be in this house, and I'm sure we'll watch it multiple times after that too. And I'll enjoy it every time. I I don't know any animes like that. Yeah, listen. I I was telling Robert that this needs a run in IMAX. Is what it needs. Ooh, I mean, put yeah. it anywhere. I'll watch it anywhere. IMAX. It's a great film. I mean, do, do you guys sort of those see visuals in IMAX? Yeah. Do you guys kind of see the Titanic parallels? I'm kind of drawing, or at least the comparison. I mean, kind of. But I I like this movie infinitely more than Titanic personally. I like Titanic too, but it's three hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but this movie is just a very tight experience. Very good. It's not very long. It's only like 106 minutes long. Um, and it really pulls you in very quickly and it's very funny too. It's very funny yeah. scenes in it. Like laugh out loud humor. Yeah. And like th- some things I did want to point out actually. Uh, so a pretty common Japanese anime gag is like if, uh, if a boy's in a girl's body, they go, they go and grab the boobies and play oh, with wait, the boobies. They do that a lot in anime. Yeah. That's the like a very anime body? trope thing. And this, I've seen a lot of anime. I've seen that happen a lot to the point now weird. where, like, whenever it happens in an anime, I'm kind of like, oh, of course, yeah, uh, they're gonna I grab the boobs coming. now. Like, all right, gonna grab the opai, whatever. But wow, this movie did that gag, and it did it so fucking well. Like, you remember that moment where, like, after, um, like after Taki goes on that shrooms trip where he when he drinks the kuchikamizake, and there's that very well animated. It's like a different style of animation with a lot of inverted colors, but where you get to see Mitsuya's yeah. like history and like yeah, how she, super cool. she is. And yeah. then he wakes up and he's in her body, mm-hmm. and it's like that. You just went through this very intense moment of like, what's Taki gonna do? Like she's dead. How is he gonna mm-hmm. find her? Is he gonna find her? And then all of a sudden he's, he's grabbing just, he, his boobs again. Yeah, he's but just crying. glad that she's alive. Yeah, it's, that was a yeah. really funny part of the film. Yeah, and, and it, uh, it's funny that you bring that up because it, it we are talking about the country where every cell phone in the country is by law, by Japanese law, has to have an audible shutter sound when you take a photo because to prevent upskirt shots because yep. upskirt shots and creeper shots in Japan are such an epidemic that they won't allow you to take a photo secretly. So I guess that kind of wow. <laughs> rings true, right? Like yeah. something's like it's just a weird culture. <laughs> but yeah, we knew that and, already. And honestly, one of my favorite animated moments isn't necessarily like any of the landscape scenes or like the comet flying over, although that stuff is really good. But it's it's such a small thing, and I think I only appreciate this because I've seen it so many times. But it's the scene where they finally meet each other on top of that mountain. Right, like at, during the twilight hour. What when, I was talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when Mitsuha is like, you know, and hey, my sister said that you grabbed my boobs, and you know, he's like, it, it was yeah. only once, and and then Which she like does that pouty <laughs> thing. It's like it doesn't matter how many times, and yeah. she just breaks out into a laugh. Yeah. That that scene where you see her go from one set of emotions to a completely different one in such a flash, and how well it was animated, it didn't make that change so jarring because it looked mm-hmm. like a genuine human being on the screen laughing. Like from their gut, you know, just thinking oh, like, man. this is a crazy situation. How the fuck did we end up here? You know? Yeah. yeah it's- right. But dude, then not to take away from the landscapes, though, because I'm almost convinced that all of this entire movie was just professional photography with anime characters thrown on top. <laughs> well, you know what they actually did, right? They did take real world um, 
places. They took photos of them and then they traced over right. them and they recreated them in this movie. So many of the scenes, much of the movie is inspired by by actual places that exist. And so it created this whole tourist economy. Okay, this is true, where people will go and visit the places in your name and take pictures there. Wow. Like the stairs at the end with the red rails, that's a place. The town yeah. is Wait, based... Wait, is Ita Mori a real it, place? Well, it's not a real... It's a fictional town, but it's based on Hida, or Hida, however you say, H-I-D-A. Yeah. And so people go there, and the tourism for that city went up by, like, billions of dollars because people are visiting there because of your name. And so how crazy clear, is that? This movie isn't the only thing that does it. Shinkai has a history, like, in his previous movies where like a lot of the uh, locations and the landmarks in those movies look just like the thing in real life. Yeah, that's really like cool. It's, it's just a technique he loves to do, and it pays off so well because those movies look incredible, honestly. I don't know if I told you guys this, but um, I have kind of a low-key, not necessarily low-key, but I have a pretty deliberate plan here where after the Olympics, the 2018 Olympics in Japan, Becky and I were going to try and go to Japan for a couple of weeks because we figure the prices for everything are going to be really cheap right after the Olympics. So we're going to go do that. And if we're if if we're able to, I would totally want to go to the scene where the last scene of your name is that stairwell. I would totally go there. I would totally visit places if they were accessible. Like that's something that I'm interested in. It's kind of like the Forrest Gump bench. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. That And this movie is like every every inch of my hopeless romantic was fulfilled after seeing this. How did you guys feel at the end? Can we go to the end? Is it time? Satisfied. Yeah, sure. So satisfied. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was like it was one of those things where it's like you're waiting the, with bated breath the whole movie. It's like, are they really going to end it without them like actually? They have you holding your breath, right? They're like, <gasps> yeah. It's like what happened when they fi- when he finally yelled at her and they turned around in the theaters? Robert, what was like the crowd reaction? Did they do anything? Was it just quiet? Everyone was like, it was it was pretty quiet, honestly, because I think everyone was just so quietly satisfied. At least that's what I'd like to think, because that's how I felt. I was just like, oh, sigh of relief. Thank was God. yeah was everyone was anyone like sniffling or crying was anyone oh, like yeah. Oh, yeah absolutely like starting from the scene where they meet on the mountain to the end yeah there were, there were sniffles throughout mm-hmm. and well deserved of course because that's the moment where everything just comes together and the whole mo- the rest of that movie is just fan fucking tastic so i just i just am in awe of this film seriously when i mean is this going to be considered a 2016 film or is this going to be considered a 2017 film? Because they did release it in America in 2016 at just one theater in L.A. just to qualify for the Oscars in hopes that when the, the Blu-rays came out this year, they could put Oscar nominee or better yet, if this was a fair world Oscar winner. Right. But it, it didn't end up even getting nominated for the Oscars last year, which is a yeah. damn shame in itself. But it did come out in theaters in wide release this summer in America and then it came out on Blu-ray that just a couple weeks ago this November. So is this considered, yeah. you know, is this a 2017 film? I'm just curious because I know we're going to be talking about this during movie of the year stuff. Like, I'd like to say it's a 2017 movie, but it's a foreign film, right? So it technically originally came out last year in its original language before it was like translated and stuff for the Western audience, for our our ears and eyeballs. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's something we'll have to decide before we uh, start talking about it at the end of the year, right? For 10 Days of Tiny Disc. But man, God, I love this film. <laughs> I love this film so much. I, yeah, I kind of want to buy. I want to buy this, and I want to buy all of Shinkai San's movies, like just all of them. I want to mm. go back and watch some more yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, this, I've heard that this is a little. This, this is best one. It honestly. is absolutely his best one. Yeah. I've seen Garden of Words in five centimeters per second, and I didn't even think twice about them after I finished watching. So this, maybe don't watch them. No, I mean they're worth watching. They're fun little stories. 
they're good, but they're not definitely nowhere near as memorable. I heard he follows the kind of star-crossed lovers kind of theme in his films. Every one of them is yeah. not necessarily lovers, but it's always about some relationship in some way. I mean, that's something everyone can relate yeah. to, you know. I, I, exactly. I it is hands down though the greatest animation I've ever seen in an animated movie. Like the animation itself is the greatest, it, hands down. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah, it, the art can, style is fantastic, second to none that I've seen recently. And I'm just, I'm just really thinking about it, just on a very flat plane with every movie I've ever seen. I'm talking about like Wonder Woman, It. I'm talking about like all these movies I saw this year. Like this is just head and shoulders above them in so many different aspects, and I cannot recommend a movie higher to anyone this year. I used to think like, oh, it is one of the best movies I've ever seen. Like this makes it look very trivial to me. <laughs> it really does. Uh, I'm honestly I mean, they, so they, they fill different. Yeah, they fulfill different parts of me, but yeah, for sure. Like honestly, you don't know how happy it makes me, Jack, that you are so infatuated with this movie as much as I am. Yeah. Like it, it to me, it kind right. of like invigorates me and makes me feel like. Yeah, this movie is as good as I think it is. Like, not just as an anime film, but as a film for well, everyone. What's happening is what Holly's doing. Holly, Holly, Hollywood Holly. is doing what Hollywood does, and what it's doing is it's trying to bury this anime intentionally. They don't want it to get noticed very much because they know they're going to make a remake. They want everyone to watch the remake and be excited about the remake, and that's going to be the one getting the Oscars and getting the awards, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, and then people are going to trash it because it's going to be garbage. And so I people- hope. Like, I hope it's so bad that people like there's a legit movement that's like, go watch the original guy. Like everyone go but, watch the but, original. But let's be honest, though, it'll happen. That'll happen even if it's a good movie. So I really want it to be a good movie because I true. want I want this. I want this property to be celebrated. And I and if if a live action American version like, you know, does that and gets people to talk about the anime more like in a couple years, like I'm, I would rather that happen because no matter what, if the movie's good or bad, people are going to say the anime is better. I think. I hope for. Oh God! But they're gonna whitewash. I the was shit just gonna say that, though. like that is not yep. what I want. Oh, and I, I hope I, it's I, like the Death Note movie on Netflix. Well, oh, it, yeah. that's what people are talking about. They're talking about Death Note, talking about Ghost in the Shell. Like, what is this gonna be? Like, is this gonna oh, be like God. Ryan Reynolds and Blair and you know and uh, Jennifer Lawrence? Like, who are the leads Jeez. gonna be in Tokyo? Can you imagine? Oh, God. No, it's going to be in Wait, Los Angeles. Actually, like, no, yeah, it's going to be out, like, it's going to be like Los Angeles versus small town. I mean, I don't know, Midwest Ohio somewhere. They're going to go for like a sleep, sleepless in Seattle vibe, right? Like Probably. they're going to make it like a romantic. Still, I haven't seen that. Should I see that? I don't know. I was just thinking of like what's the, one of the most successful, you know, critical yeah. and commercial rom coms. But so JJ Abrams is not going to direct this. I wish he would, but he's going to produce it. He's actually going to be directing the the third Star Wars movie in this newest trilogy so he's gonna be having his hands full but i would really love if they just kept it in tokyo and they just kept it like with asian leads like i know that's like a bit hard to imagine but i mean crouching tiger hidden dragon right that was a foreign film that won oscars that was a that was a great film memoirs of a geisha that's such a good movie memoirs of a geisha that was a was that a foreign film I can't tell you for sure. Any, anyway, anyway, but, anyways, no, but uh, there's uh, House of Flying Daggers. Yeah, was up there. there's precedent yeah. for this, and so I just really don't want to see like like blonde eye, blonde hair, blue eyed people playing these Japanese kids. See, I just my, don't want to see that. Like my biggest worry with the Hollywood remake, right, isn't necessarily like, oh, they're gonna put it in Tokyo and it's gonna be a story about John and Christine and their star-crossed lovers. You know, like make it super white and super white, like American. That's not my biggest worry. My biggest worry is that they're going to fuck up the two main characters who are 
masterfully crafted and extremely well voice acted for this film. I mean, like the animation, of course, for them is spectacular. Yeah. But with the way they speak, like even if you're not, I mean, maybe I'm a little biased because I've consumed a lot of Japanese content, right? But I'd like to think that even if you don't watch a lot of anime, it's really easy to tell when it's Taki actually talking in Taki's body or Mitsuha talking in Taki's body. That's a lot of Taki. I didn't but even you know think about I, that, but yeah, that is a good point. The the way they, their inflections, the way they speak, because they don't like put Mitsuha's voice actress on when right. she's supposed to be in Taki. It's literally right. Taki's voice actress making himself a little more feminine, you yeah. know? So and, Yeah, so, so the male and female have to do... Uh, masculine and feminine versions of each voice it's very right and, uh, yeah it's a good skill it's it's a very like it's a very fine line to walk and in japanese language there's a lot of like small ways that it, it's a little bit easier right like i don't know if you caught this jack but there was that joke the first time mitsuha's in taki's body and she's hanging out with the two friends like on that that sports court and um you know she's like uh watashi and then his oh, two yeah, friends yeah, yeah. are like huh and then she's yeah. like boku huh yeah ore uh-huh yeah <laughs> like yeah that's yeah. that's like a joke because you know there are different ways to say right. i and it's like some are more feminine some are more right masculine and we don't really have that in english in english it's just i yeah it's it, no that was a good funny part too and i've been thinking about that too like what are they gonna have to change culturally etc like the they're spitting up the rice and making sake. I don't know if that would float too well for yeah. a Western audience. Like Chew some barley to... and spit it up and make beer. Right. Like, I just hope. <laughs> oh, my God. I just hope it's it's done with respect, you know. And Ghost in the Shell was an example of exactly how not to do this. Oh, and my God. Don't even give me started. I know. And, and that's, that what, that's what I'm worried is going to happen to this. But we still have Ghost in the Shell, the anime. It's still a classic. You know, nothing can take away uh, your name. Like, we have it now. It's here. But just like do it justice and help the brand. Don't hurt the brand is all I'm hoping for the live action. Yeah. I mean, I think we should probably get to closing statements here. Uh, so for me, watch this film. Buy the Blu-ray. Watch it every day. Do do something. You know, like this is a great film. Show it to someone new. Honestly, like this is a great film, I think, to introduce people to anime because it is quirky enough where it has those weird anime tropes like the guy in the girl's body grabbing the boobies. Right. And it it has those things that make people maybe a little bit reticent to get into anime, but it has such a powerful art design, has powerful soundtrack, and an incredible story that I think it's just a universal draw in, you know, like no matter who or what you are, you'll find something to like. Yeah, I, I second um, pretty much everything Robert said, and it's one of those movies that I haven't had a movie like make an impression on me this much since I saw Scott Pilgrim for the first time. Like (laughs) it's like Scott Pilgrim is a movie. I know it's, it's a kind of a polarizing movie, but for me, it's one of those movies where like I bought the the Blu-ray of it and it's in constant rotation for me. Like I watched that movie all the time. Even if I don't watch it, all of it, I just watch it for the visuals. I watch it for like the, the general vibe the movie has. And this movie has, it's it's the same reason. Like if I bought the Blu-ray, I would, wear the shit out of the blu-ray and i would watch it all of the time it's a uh yeah it's fantastic i totally agree with what you guys said it's a great movie it's one of my favorite movies i've seen in a very very long time uh one of the most emotionally affecting movies i've seen in a very long time certainly stands head and shoulders above everything i've seen this year so far um and i would just i feel really lucky that i had that experience to watch the first time with my wife 
and it was just it was just brought us even closer together. I know it sounds corny, but it was like it was that big a deal for us, you know. So I'll always yeah. How did wait? Just on a side note, real quick, like what does she think of it? She loves it. She loved the film. Okay, and she understood more of it than I did at first go. Right, I had to watch it twice to understand it how much she understood the first time. So she was really in tune with with what was going on, you know. And I had to kind of ask her like, "Wait, what?" And she would explain to me. I'm like, "Oh, okay." So, like I said, I just treasure that moment and and wow, certainly looking forward to this man's next works. Uh, I I just you know I just really am thankful that this movie was made, and I and I'm thankful that I didn't overlook it because uh, looking at the first trailer, I didn't know if I was going to like it or not, but. Now I know how foolish that thought was. Like this is like an instant classic film for sure, and one of my favorite, if not my favorite, anime I've ever seen, which is a big deal. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Anime is good, guys. Watch anime. Watch this anime. It's truly you, the best decision I've made in life. You just will never. <laughs> the ever. best decision ever. I've ever made in life. Oh god. So ever. I'm just saying. Yes, I mean, obviously, college, you've, you've already seen the movie. Like, if you're listening this far, like, I just can't think of something that affected me this way in a very long time. Yeah, so, and yeah. Miyazaki was wrong. Anime wasn't necessarily all a mistake. <laughs> and here's the thing: if you've, if you for whatever reason have gotten this far without having seen the movie, and we just kind of like spilled all the beans, we, we didn't really go like you know step by step. We just kind of talked about yeah. our thoughts the whole time. Yeah, though, so like still watch it even now that you know how it ends and like you kind of know the big plot points and all that. The way it unfolds, the way everything's drawn, it's still. You, so worth the watch. Do you think people right. listen to these and don't like do the thing? I, you know, just in case, cover all your bases. Okay. I mean, just that's kind of. I, I can understand if you just want the shortcut. Like, ah, just tell me all about it. Like, yeah. even if you have it spoiled, it's still a fantastic movie, and you Absolutely. still will be surprised because there's so much in this film. It's so jam packed with awesomeness. We we couldn't possibly cover it in one podcast. Yes. So I think that wraps up this heartfelt, emotional spoiler cast for us. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Play many games. Yeah. Try your best. Go play lots of South Park 64 and throw some snowballs at turkeys and stuff. Don't do what Colin's doing. <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs>